The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Post Game Show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post Game, now streaming on the 6ABC Family of Apps. What's up, everybody? Welcome in Friday Eve. All right, Gunner, because I know you appreciate this so much. What? What? 75 hours until kickoff. 75 hours, yes, until the ball is towed and the game begins between the Eagles and the 49ers. I am so glad you brought up that stat because you you cut me off before I could ask you this, and I'm so glad you just said that. Did you find distractions to calm your nerves? Did you did you take my advice and find a multitude of distractions? See, no, because no, you didn't. See, don't I, tell me yes. No, you didn't because you just mentioned seventy five hours until kickoff. So I, you didn't follow my advice. Uh, yes and no. Okay, the yes part is I did stay busy for a while yesterday. I uh, I, I did pretty well. I, 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 let me put it this way. I, I bide it my time. Is that a word? I bide it my time until the right. Sixers game started oh, okay. last night. Okay. I stayed busy. I did. I, I took the dog for a long walk. I did okay. some stuff around here. I did some work stuff that I had to do. So I did, a, I did okay. Now I'm not going to lie to you. Today has been tough. I need this game to get here. The Today day has barely started, dude. I know. What are you talking Rob. What are you, what are you going to do today, tomorrow, and Saturday to calm your nerves? See, I have a full I have a full gamut. I have to pick up. I do this show. Uh, I pick up my grandson daily. One of my grandkids daily from preschool. Um, I have all these projects around the house. We we assembled all of this furniture from my wife's office. This new furniture she ordered from IKEA over the last you know few days. Then the other night, my son, my son Jordan, my son-in-law Alex, and I took it to her office. And we put it in for, and then yesterday she wanted me to take this huge rug. This rug is like, oh my goodness. I don't know how many, eight by 10 feet. Is, I mean, it's huge. Yeah. It's been, well, she's got four or five rugs rolled up in the basement that she won't let me get rid of. She, she goes, you never know I'm going to use them. So I hauled one to uh, her office yesterday and we put it in place. And then she had bought some more furniture to go in her office. And then tonight, you know, uh, one of our, our friends, uh, kids, you know, when I say kids in their twenties, She's doing a little concert. Uh, she does her own little concert. Very good singer. Plays the guitar at this little cafe that our church owns. So I'm gonna go see that. And you have, you know, have have a nice uh, 
you know, have a nice uh, ham and cheese sandwich with some fries while I'm there. See, I, I, I've got all this built in on Saturday. Okay. Now, here's the worst part. Yeah. I told you about my, my oldest daughter, you know, because her grand her kids are 18 months and, oh, my goodness, he's, uh, the baby is August, September, October, November, five months old today. Okay. So starting in a few weeks, we have to uh, have this other uh, crib that they bought assembled because uh, at least once a week, we will have to keep the two little ones overnight. So if you saw my room, I have a big crib at the foot of my bed. And now I have to clear out where this cabinet is on my side, moving in another direction to put another crib, crib there. Okay. Yeah. For the kid. So I have, I have plenty to distract me, Rob, on the yeah. weekend, Saturday. Listen, I'm not just sitting around twiddling my thumbs. No, I got, but you, I, I you got, are. You I are. Got, I'll tell you. I'll, so, Sat, um, tonight I'll be at Screwballs in King of Prussia, 6 o'clock with Krause. Okay? So, you want to come out and hang out, we'll do a show from there, which will be countdown for kickoff. And you can right. watch it uh, right. on Sunday morning before the pregame show. Okay? Right. On, on Jacob YouTube uh, channel. I, tomorrow, have our show. I have my, some other stuff that I do. Uh, and then I have a basketball game. My daughter okay. has a dance okay. she's going to, which we're going to get pictures and all that good stuff. Okay. Then Saturday, I will play pickleball in the morning and do my radio show from 3 to 7. That's good. WIP. Okay. okay. Good, good, good. Uh, then I'm doing a another hit for, for some place else uh, when I get home at 8 o'clock. For good. a former friend of ours who used to produce something that we did, I'm doing him good. a favor. Good, okay? good. Okay, I'll be okay. doing that. <laughs> and then Sunday, Sunday's going to be tough. Three o'clock is going to be tough. Sunday, we'll, I'm doing the post game show. However, the build up from awakening to three o'clock will be a challenge. Sunday should be the easiest day because I, that day has arrived. If anything, that's that's where you should be the most peaceful, have the most inner peace because you know. It's coming. See, in yeah. my case, I've got to drive to Ocean Casino. And, and like I said, it's like an hour, 45 minute, two hour drive, depending on traffic. Right. Yes. OK, so I'll leave here at nine o'clock. Our pregame show on Jacob Sports Media YouTube uh, is from is at one o'clock. Yeah. So if I drive, leave here at nine, I get there at 11, get two hours to get and sit in the green room, breathe, yeah. go over my notes, collect my thoughts. All of a sudden you're doing a pregame show. Boom. Next thing you know, the game's here. Now, to to address directly M. Reyes, who said a little while ago. D-Gun, don't be a stick in the mud. No, M. Reyes, I am not being a stick in the mud. I am trying to help my friend Rob mentally. You don't know Rob like I know Rob, see? So Rob gets worked up about these things, and, you know, and he's counting down minutes and hours. You know what? That day's going to come. You're right. Go stock up on your, your beverages, your chips. You know, but you know what? You can't force the day to get here. Any, any I know. It's true. I, I used to. So what I'll do, too, is at, we're actually going to have – Crazy mild weather in our neck of the woods where we live. Yes, yes, right, awesome. Thank. I mean, we're gonna be in the fifties possibly, right? So that's great. That will allow me to do some things in the yard that I normally can't do this time of year. So that will also be a big assist. That'll be my Sunday morning thing. That no, see, I'll be out there in nature. We now see that's Saturday morning because I don't have time Sunday morning. So the one thing this time of year I don't want to do in a yard, which I always get my son a lot of help because it goes up takes less than ten minutes. Is cleaning up after dogs. I will be doing that too. Not looking forward to that, uh, by the way. Yes, I'm with. I don't, even, I don't even own these dogs. We is got there, three is dogs. There, here's the worst part about that, Derek. Yeah. I don't look. It is what it is. It's life. You got to do it. But the worst part isn't even necessarily for me. The yard, right? Right. The worst part is when you're on the walk with the dog, right? And 
you're after the dog does its business. Yes. My, ba- my Bailey does her business, right? Yes. I'm cleaning up with my bag, which I always have. Absolutely. Would yes. Never, ever do that to anybody. Yes. Let me just be clear. But yes. when I'm doing that, when a car drives by, there's a, it's kind of humiliating when you're picking up dog poop. Let's be real. No, you know what it is? I, I know I'm always thinking, I bet you these people think I'm just going to leave it here. You know, I, I think that's too. Because you know people I think, I think do the, that. People do I, that. You know what I think? I think the neighbors think that. Like, because we've all been burned by that. Like, you've walked yes. out and you're like on your front lawn or, or the or the sidewalk getting to your car. You're like, really? Like, we've yes. all been there, right? So yes. I, I imagine as I'm walking past and the, and the dogs, you know, doing their thing, they got to be kind of peeking out a little bit like that guy better be cleaning that up. That's what I think. I think the neighbors yes. think they're going to leave it there. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I've had, I've, I, you know, I've walked outside a couple of times. Well, not outside. I've watched from a distance, you know, somebody walks past, you know, with their dog, let their dog do their business and they, they're about to keep walking. I go, excuse me. Are you going to leave this? You're not going to leave this here. Hundred percent. I. Oh, oh I'm sorry, because they do that all the time. Yeah. In different and there's spots. no. I'm sorry. You didn't forget. No, you just didn't no. do it. You didn't do. It. You yeah. thought you were going to get away with. It. And yeah, I'm talking to my neighbors. Slight. They have the same problem sometimes. You know, somebody's dog would do. And my, I mean, I live in a development where everybody's got dogs, right? Right. Right. But there's always that one or two neighbors. That, because if you walk, if you go from my front door around the block and come back to my front door just on my block, it's it's a, it's one point two miles. Well, it's a good walk. One point two miles. Yeah. Yep. You know, and there's other streets on it. So it's a big development I live in. But people think they get slick. And some people come out in the evening or at night with their dogs, think, you know, you're not going to catch them. See, and they should understand, you know, most people have cameras now outside their homes. Yeah. So they see you. They yeah. know. I know. You know, it, it just drives me nuts that people are that inconsiderate, man. I'll give, I'll give you one. So my, my dog is a female. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Sometimes when they do their business, it looks very similar if it's number one or number two, if you yeah. know what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So my dog goes number one. Okay. Yeah. I had a neighbor come like charging out of their house and say, Are you going to clean that up? Yeah. I'm like, clean what up? Yeah. Your your dog just went. I'm like, yeah. Uh-huh. I said, there's, there's nothing uh-huh. left behind. It was, uh-huh. you know, number one. Oh. oh, oh, okay. And then just storms back in. I'm like, okay. You know, any no sorry, no nothing. Like I'm like, do you see the bag? I have a bag that's attached to my my yep. leash. Yep. I'm like if he if she would have went, I would have cleaned it up. Trust me. Get back in your house there. You but know. you know why they do that? That's because they've been because other people have done it to them. So they automatically think everybody's doing. I, I get it. You know, eight yeah. uh, where's where is he? A dog two two oh five says D gone. I'm still fighting the good fight on no dogs. I know it's only a matter of time. Unfortunately, I keep telling her. I'm assuming his daughter. Um, his, yeah, I won't be the poop cleaner, though. Doubt that works for me, sadly. Hey, dog, let me tell you two things. <laughs> Number one, um, I, I've had dogs most of my life. And dogs dogs are man's best friends. I yeah. love dogs. Yeah. you know. Um, and also, they're very therapeutic. People don't realize this. They're very therapeutic in terms of... I read this study, and I didn't believe it at first, but it's so true. You know, just sitting petting a dog daily is, is very good to reduce stress and stuff like that. You know, you, they're, they're literally, you live long if you have a dog. It's true. It's 100% true. They are so loyal to you. Even when you don't want to be around them and push them aside, they keep coming back to you. You know, yeah. they love you uh, unconditionally. Okay. True. Um, number two, a dog, you can fight the good fight all you want about not cleaning the poop. I will tell you right now, yes, you will. You know why? Because it's your yard. And if nobody else does it, you have to do it because you don't want 
if you have kids or your grandkids or whatever, you don't want them stepping in something and bringing it back in the house on the carpet or the floor. Yeah. So you're going to do it because it's your yard. So get that out of your mind. Number one, you're going to lose the battle about the dog because if it's your daughter, she looks at you with those big eyes and you're going to melt. Number one, number two, you're going to clean. Here's my advice to you. Don't get a great Dane. Don't get a, a Pyrenees. Don't get a, Dal, a Dalmatian. Don't get, don't get one of those big dogs. Get you a nice, either medium size, you know, like a, 20, 25 pound dog, or in my case, I have what I refer to as two rodents. I have a 12 pound Chihuahua and I have this uh, 12 pound dog. That's a mixture of Dachshund and Terrier or something, you know, it's a lot easier to take care of. And then my daughter has a 75 pound dog that's part lab, part something. That's not bad. But when you start getting those dogs at a hundred, 125 no. pounds, that's like cleaning up a horse corral, man. I'm not doing, I did that. My, my, I had to do that when I was a kid. We had German shepherds. We had my dad got two Siberian Huskies when we moved to our other house in the suburbs. He got two, my, he had a cousin who was in an, an army stationed in Alaska, yep. and and sent him two purebred uh, Siberian Husky pups from the same litter with papers. He only charged my dad like at that time like twenty five bucks a piece for shipping, and they were beautiful dogs. We had, the male's name was Koyak and the female's name was Sheba. Beautiful dogs looked like wolves, but they were the sweetest dogs ever. But I was like 13, 14. I'm the one cleaning my yard. I was telling you this all the time. I had to clean the yard, clean the and clean, help shovel the snow. My brother got away with murder. And I'm still to this day angry over this. Hence the resentment that you still have yeah, towards that. Dad, yeah. rest in peace. No offense. But, you know, I'm yeah, still, know. how did he escape this? I trust me. I know. It's unbelievable. I, I was doing it all, man. Trust me. Uh, uh, yes, Barrett uh, is on assignment uh, for people who are wondering. Uh, he's uh yeah, fitness rebel. He's got a little something going on. He's uh, he's he's yeah, tied up with some other duties, uh, but he'll be back tomorrow. Uh, so we're looking for it. We do have a big show for you today. So at one thirty, we have uh, Keith Pompey to talk about that Sixers win over Ben Simmons and the Nets last night. We'll talk yeah. to Keith at yeah. one thirty. Then at two o'clock, we're looking forward to this first time on the show. Quentin Michael, former Eagle safety, oh my goodness, will join us. So we're looking forward to, to hanging out with Quentin, getting his take on. Uh, on everything Eagles wise, because he's still very locked in on what's happening with the birds is uh Quentin former number 27 yeah. does the, uh, the Q and a podcast uh, with Jason Avant does a really good job with that. So he, he caught me off guard. He caught me off guard, man. I thought he was still on the East coast and I won't say where we'll talk about that when he get, when we get him on, but okay. he goes, I relocated. I'm like, what mm. you, what relocated? Hey, one other thing, uh, Chris D always appreciate you. Uh, we weren't even on yet. She gave me a shout out for the latest gun on one. Okay. The latest gun on one is dropped. Our colleague Barrett Brooks, you know, how Barrett loves to break it down. We, we break down offensive line, defensive lines, uh, skill position matchups, coaching strategy. Hey, everybody out there, if you get a chance, listen to the latest gun on one. You can hear it right here on the Jacob Sports Media YouTube machine, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify. Barrett Brooks unleashed on gun right. on one. I like it, man. I yeah. like it. Um, all right, so a crazy um, busy media schedule today for the Eagles, Derek. So here's the way this works. Yeah, um, yep. You're going to have, and this is, you know, obviously it, everything's heightened with the playoffs being here. But anyway, 1230 player press conferences, 125 yep. Nick Sirianni, 145 they, the practice begins, 330 they open up the locker room. So yep. as we go on through the show, I'll, I'll sprinkle in some little tidbits of what we're hearing from the locker room, right. what we're hearing from Nick, you know, what's going on out there uh, at, at the Novacare complex today. But yeah, we're getting close here, right. We to, to the, the final four being played on Sunday. 
Eagles are the first game, and the second game is the NFC game uh, between the uh, the Chiefs and the Bengals. But, you know, the good news is, at least in a limited capacity, Avante Maddox did practice yesterday. We'll see how he feels coming off of that, if he's going to be able to practice today, too. So that's going to be exciting. If you could possibly get him back. I really didn't expect him to be back for this game. Uh, now, I don't know if you will or not, but what a bonus that would be if you could get him back for the game. Oh, no question about it. I mean, that that is as complete a team as you could possibly have. I mean, he's the only missing link. I mean, yep. you put him back in there, you can leave CJ on the backside again. Now I like the chances against the 49ers weapons. Yes. Because I was watching a lot of extensive footage of this uh, Brock Purdy last night. Yeah, and I sent you and I sent you and um, uh, Barrett a clip, like about a fifty second clip of what I was looking at, mm-hmm. and this kid gets the ball out of his hands lightning fast, man. What Kyle Shanahan does with him to to avoid him making mistakes of to 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 keep him from having to do extensive reads to have to go through multiple progressions is is a work of beauty. I don't care if you like the 49ers or or, or not. But just watch how this kid goes through his mechanics of getting rid of the ball. And and one in particular, I said the clip I sent you was a Brandon Ayuk. Yep. Dude, this dude runs routes like Devontae Adams. Yep. I mean, how he's deceptive on his routes and how quick he is. And he's much faster than Devontae. So now I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, now I understand why they are number one in the league in terms of yards after the catch. You know, because he's so quick, he hits these guys in open spaces. And before a defender can catch up to him, they've already got an additional three to five yards. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's going to be a challenge. So if you can get Avante Maddox back out there, I like I like the matchups a lot better than I do with having to bring CJ down in the box, which I'm not complaining about. It's a good thing. But as much as Reed Blankenship has been in a, a, a pleasant surprise in the back end, he still makes mistakes. Yeah, he still makes those mistakes. Well, especially in coverage. You know, in that, coverage. Yeah. And uh, these he, dudes, he, they get by you. These dudes get by you. Uh, there's no, there's no recovery time with these dudes. Yeah. No. Look, you're right. You're right. Yeah. And he does do a lot of things well, and he's coached up very well. I, I think that the, the other, the other strength is he doesn't blink when, when, when people are coming right into his face. He's not a, he's not necessarily a scare guy. I, I think no, he has no. two. Uh, bad habits that I think the Eagles could take advantage of. Okay. One. When he's being blitzed, he will tend to turn his back. Yes, and run. Yes, in circles. Yes. In circles, you man. Most of the time, when you turn your back, unless you're like a Houdini, like Russell Wilson used to be, or somebody like that, you're in trouble. So no I think pursuit, continued pursuit of him, the Eagles could have some success. And they, Gunner, they turn into massive yard losses. That's not just five, seven yards. Yes. that could be twenty. Okay. Yes. yes. So I think that's one thing. The other thing he tends to do, and he's actually pretty good at it but he tends to throw off his back foot a decent amount where he's yep. almost fading. Like he's fading yep. as he throws, which could be dangerous too. So they're yep. the two things I would really um, keep your eye on that the Eagles, I think, could take advantage. He does a lot of things well, but there are two things I think he could take advantage of. The big thing is in the tape that I've watched him, when he starts doing his pirouettes yeah. and away from a pressure on one side, there's no, there's no backside containment. See, so the Eagles' backside containment has to be that much more disciplined. I know you want to chase them down, but if somebody can flush him on this side, let him come back to you. He's coming back to you. You know, his MO is when he goes one bit, he's coming back to you. It's not like he's going to stop. He's buying time on the opposite side, and his receivers are so good in terms of, okay, a scramble drill. One of us has to get open. That's why he's been so good in terms of, of buying time. But if you can have somebody in the backside waiting for him, now you've got to force him to make, make a quicker decision, and you're right. 
He throw he doesn't have the strongest arm on the on the longer range game. He's very good in the intermediate game. Yes. But on the longer range game, he doesn't have the strongest arm. He'll throw up, he'll throw some 50-50 balls up there. You know, and you've got to make him make those decisions that he doesn't want to make. That is the key. Make him you got to rattle him quicker rather than later. Once he settles in, yep. you notice that he's a much better quarterback in the second half than he is the first half and when it comes to making decisions. Yep, You've got to rattle him and get inside his head right from the opening quarter or else if you allow him to settle in after one quarter, it's a problem. Now, I'm, not st- I'm still saying the Eagles, I still think the Eagles can win this game, but that becomes a problem. The game's a lot closer than it should be. I agree with you. I, I you, you let him get into a rhythm and get hot, you know, and, and, and certainly look, He's got a great group of weapons, man. Dude. I mean, between McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell out of the backfield, Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle, there's a lot there, okay? There's a lot there. So, the, again, the key for this thing, and we're going to get into the matchups in a, in, a, in a second here at 1230, like really deeper into it. And I got over-unders for you again. We brought those oh, I back. Love it. I love yes, it. on both sides. I got Eagles and 49ers for you. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's, it's really a matter of, the Eagles defensive line that's been the best in football, like by far, at getting to the quarterback. Yes. Getting getting to the quarterback again. I think he was sacked once last week. Something uh, like that. Twice. Yeah. Twice. Uh the Eagles allow, yeah. So yeah, he was sacked once again. It was Demar- it was uh, Demarcus Lawrence. So they only got to him one time, the Cowboys. The Eagles minimum got to get to him four times. You got to get to him four times and make him make mistakes. And we haven't even mentioned the kid, Ray Ray McLeod. Ray Ray yeah. McLeod's another guy who Who's dangerous? Can do a lot of damage. I mean, yeah, this is the best collection of weapons the Eagles will face this season by far. Even even better than the collection, I would say a wider array collection, better than Cincinnati and Kansas City. We know we know Cincinnati has the three headed monster, right? But this collection of wide receivers that are versatile, this is the best collection of pass catchers the Eagles will, will face. Yeah, because McCaffrey's so good out of the backfield catching the ball too. That's the yes, you, you yes. have to include him as a dual threat. He can do both. He's also a guy they'll count on if you need third and five to get you six. There was a couple times he made one really good catch. It was a little bit out in front of him, and you had two defenders kind of against Dallas, and he just sort of plucked it, brought it back in, took yeah. the hit. It wasn't a big gain, no. but it was a big play. No, no. So he'll do those kind of things. And the other thing is Debo really didn't get going against the Cowboys. You know he's going to be just wired for sound in oh, this game. It's kind oh. of like A.J. Brown. You're going to see A.J. Brown and Debo both yes. are going to be out of their mind to have a big game in this one. Dude, this I, I I can't figure out which way I want to go, Rob. This could be one of those. This could be one of those low-scoring games like the Dallas Niners game, or this could be one of those thirty to twenty-seven type games. I still can't figure out which way I want to go with this thing. You know, yeah, I agree. because because the Forty ers do have a tendency; they can force you to play that lower, closer game. Mm-hmm. But the Eagles have to strike early. You got to make this Niners team play catch up because. Unlike the Giants, the Niners can play catch-up. See, the Giants had no personnel to play catch-up. 100%. This is a totally yeah. different ballgame. Yep. So you got you got to make take advantage of every opportunity you get against this team. Yeah. As no, do I, the Niners. I, they got to take advantage of every opportunity they get against this Eagles defense. Yep. You know, or it's lights yeah. out. The thing I worry about the most defensively from an Eagles standpoint, Derek, is the middle of the field. I worry about what Kittle, what McCaffrey, Debo to – what these guys are going to do in the middle of the field. That more than anything else concerns me. Like I I think I yeah, I know how good Trent Williams is, but yeah, I think man. the Eagles are going to have success with some of the other guys on that offensive line. So I think they're going to be able to get pressure on Purdy. But it's a matter of how are you containing those those weapons the we're talking of the field. about in the middle of the field. 
and the Niners do the bulk of their damage in the middle of the field. When they want to stretch the chains, they do a lot of damage in the middle of the field. It And the thing is, you know, like most teams, it's not one or two go-to guys. It's four or five different guys they could go to. Mm-hmm. And then when you start squeezing the middle of the field is when you got the guys standing out in the flat wide open, like the Ray Ray McLeod on one side, or, you know, you got McCaffrey on the other side, you got the fullback out here. Fullback, that fullback gets a oh. lot of space. He doesn't he get enough love. Yeah, no. he's good. He gets a lot of space because everybody's so concerned about the other weapons floating out there. He yep. just kind of trickles out there in the flats. He's wide open. I know. He's good, man. He, yeah, no, look, he's he's another guy who should be talked about more. You're right. He, he should be mentioned in any of these conversations. Yeah, look, listen, there's a reason why they've won, won the amount of games that they've won. They're, they're a really good team. Um, <laughs> I will say, I think the area that they're susceptible Yes, is I I don't think their corners are necessarily great. No, they're not. No, you can so beat if, them deep. If you get Jalen time, I yep. think they can have success down the field. I do. I, agree. I, I truly believe that you can beat them deep, and, and um, if if they complete enough slant routes to either Devonte or to AJ, they'll start creeping up, and that's when you can hit them over the top. Yep. You know, you're right. They're not great cover guys. Now they're all great tacklers. That whole defense is great tacklers. Mm-hmm. But they're not the corners are not great cover guys. I love their safeties, but sometimes the safeties can't get over there quick enough, you know. And you get those one on one situations, um, you can beat them deep. You really, you, you really, you really can beat them deep. Mm-hmm. But you got to set them up. You got to set them up for it. You got to set them up for it. Take your shots. Don't be afraid to take the shots against them down the sideline of the field because that's where you get. That's where a lot of teams do a damage against them. You know, I just can't wait to see. Now you got me. I'm getting like you now. I can't wait to see the game. But but. I'm pumping my brakes. I'm pumping Don't my pump brakes. them, man. I'm pumping Don't my pump brakes. them. No, no. No, let's go. No, I will not become Rob Ellis. I'm Hit a robot. Gas, I will Derek. not become Rob Ellis. Yes. I will not become Rob Ellis. Oh, no. Man. That's I'm that not. should be everybody's uh credo. Uh, but no, I, I think that the you know there's a there, that's an area I think they can have success with, and we're gonna get into this in a second. But what I'm really fascinated is is, is the Eagles run game. You know, it yes. went for 268 yes. last week against New York. Yes. Going against a, a nasty, nasty rush defense. And who wins that battle? That That is going to be the ultimate. Absolutely. If the Eagles stay with it, who wins that battle? That's Absolutely. the one I can't wait to watch. And I think the Eagles could have a good measure of success running the football. But they have to stay committed. they got to stay committed to the run. Rob, how many times have we screamed, why are you throwing the ball as much as you're throwing the ball when you can pound this team in a submission? Because I think a lot of times when you throw the ball more, number one, when you don't complete it, you're unnecessarily stopping the clock. Number two, you're playing right into a lot of defenses' hands in terms of you're not hitting them with your strength. Use your strength to set up the other aspect of your game. It's very simple. Test that, test that interior early. Because 49ers have a smaller defensive front than the Eagles' right. offensive line. They do. Bang away at them. Bang away at them, man. Mm-hmm. You know, make them pay early, Man. loosen them up by the yeah. second quarter. Make these dudes have their hands on their knees, on their hips and looking at each other like, hey, you're not doing your assignment. No, you're not doing your assignment. Talk about Don't it wait all till the, the fourth quarter. Yeah. Don't give up on it if, if you're not getting huge chunks. Early. Oh, That's the key. And, and, oh. and to the Eagles credit, they stayed consistent with the run game, the whole Giants game. And I know the Giants aren't nearly as good as, as San Fran. But they stayed with it, and, and and sometimes we've seen them get away from it. So I hope that that's where they're trending here, where this is now. They did they did some self discovery, you know, during the bye week, and they realized let's get back to what we do best, and they stayed with it. So I hope that's the case this week. That's for sure. Hey, hey to address, I know we got a break here in a minute, yeah. but to address some of the people I've seen, hey, D Gun doing doing a show from his deck grilling would be epic, you know. 
I've thought about now. I will I will sit outside when it gets warmer. I will sit outside. Yeah, well, I do want us show. to do that when you're. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. I, I I don't know if I, if I could because see we do like twenty eight minute segments, man, and I would have to jump up and leave it. I gotta I can't just let stuff burn. That's my credibility. No, when it's nice, I want you to just have your setup out on your deck, even if it's just your laptop. I know it's not gonna look perfect, but whatever. I did it. I did it last year in the summer from the shore, from a deck on the shore. Yep. It was great. Yep. I want you to be out on your deck. And you, you got to get up, do your thing. You can do it. Barrett and I will be there. You know, we we'll yeah, keep the yeah. conversation going. But I want, I want to, I want to see it, man. I want to see what it looks like. I want you bringing almost a laptop over while you're doing this kind of stuff. We'll do almost a little play by play of you doing your wings or your ribs or something else. Sandra just texted uh, Private Chat said we're bringing out the camera crew for D Gun. Yes, you bring out the camera extra no, camera for this. We're doing it, man. <laughs> You don't think we're doing it. We are doing it. That's oh, the advantage of it. We can do things that other mediums can't do. We're going to do it. Hey, look, man, for the money I just paid for this deck this past summer, for all the aggravation it cost Show me, it off, man. I'm going I'm to do, do a show from the deck. The only problem is, Rob, which grill do I use? Do I use the Traeger? Do I use the standard Black Weber kettle grill? Oh, do I go with the green egg? Do I go with the flat Blackstone, the 36-inch wide Fort burner Blackstone? Or do I use... The charcoal infrared, the charbroil infrared gas grill. Difficult, difficult it's decisions. Tough. It's tough. It's tough. Guy. I don't know how you do it's, it. It's, it's tough, man. I, I, you know, I still haven't cracked this, the tray. My wife just got on me last night. She goes, you know, do you think this is the year you might use the Traeger since I bought it for you last Father's Day? And you still, still use that? I haven't, dude. The instructions are still sitting inside under the covered yeah. Traeger. I still haven't cracked it, man. That needs to happen. Well, since this show and grand, grand right. sitting duty, you still you tell I, me one time you couldn't have gotten no. You know, I'm, that I'm bad telling you, no, right. no. All right, you got to cure it. Well, that's what we'll do. That's what it. we will do. We are going to do that. We are going to do that. And this, maybe Doug? maybe that's where you break it out. I like it. You can the D gun. Think about it. You can take what did you say? You can take that off your taxes. You could probably take the deck off due to a set creative production. See, you might be able to write it off, man. You know what? Now it's going to happen. I talk to my tax guy. That's all we needed. Now it's going to happen. I got to talk um, to my tax guy. Yep. All right. So that let's uh, let's come back and <laughs> let's dig into that uh, specifically. I get, I'm going to give you a really unique angle that one uh, NFL talking head came up with for this matchup, Gunner, which I didn't think of. I didn't. I had no idea. All okay. right. So we'll do okay. that. We'll get into some of the key position battles and who has more pressure on them. Is it Nick Sirianni? Is it Kyle Shanahan? Just think about that. A little food for thought, which we'll dive into when we get back. Over-unders at 1 o'clock, 1.30. Keith Pompey, 2 o'clock, Quentin Michael. A lot in store. Don't go anywhere. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right. Let me tell you about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. Because knowing who to trust with your finances and your investments can be a very scary proposition. And I went through it for a long time. But I don't want you to have to go through that. I want you to find the right person like I did. I got that right person. It's Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. Whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you have a small business, you're trying to get your employee benefits off the ground. That's another asset and resource that Jim can help you with. I Look, I've entrusted my IRA. I've had 401k rollovers from, from previous employments. And Jim did an amazing job just helping me through the process. It can be confusing, right? Give him a call, 610-996-4751, 610 9964751. You could email him as well. Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. Hey Eagles fans, Tom Giordano from Pondley Hockey Giordano. 
who's ready to get another one of these? But first, we got to take care of business and beat the 49ers this Sunday. Look, we know ticket prices are super expensive and really hard to get, so we're giving you an opportunity to win two free tickets to the NFC Championship game. So go to our Instagram right now for your chance to win two free tickets to the NFC Championship game this Sunday. And as always, thanks for watching the Pondley Hockey Post Game Show. Go Birds! Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event. My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Post Game Show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know who Philly is. Post Game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Welcome back, everybody. Yes, Sports Day, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, Thursday, Friday Eve. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, B. Brooks off. He'll be back with us tomorrow, Will Barrett. All right, so I, I was I was watching this today, Derek, Yeah. and I, yeah. I, I, I'm a big fan of good morning football on the NFL Network. I really Absolutely. enjoy the show, I in general. I, I think they do an excellent job. I, and uh, my buddy, our buddy, Bill Henschel, is, is one of the producers there. So, yep. uh Having worked with Bill, we know what a good job he does, both of us, right? Absolutely. Um, so um, I'm watching a segment uh, that Peter Schrager, who is, uh, you know, he's also an insider on Fox if you watch their pregame uh, coverage and whatnot. So anyway, 
he's doing this whole elaborate you're you're where do you see i got something you know with this matchup with the eagles and the 49ers and i'm like what's he going to tell us something about the offensive you know whatever so you know i'm cynically like waiting so the piece you know he comes up with the piece and and damn if he didn't hit hit me with something i wasn't expecting i give him props okay so he does this whole thing this elaborate setup and then it's Basically, there's two assistant coaches on the Eagles uh, staff, okay? One named DK McDonald and one named Tyler Scudder. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, full disclosure, I had never heard of either one of these two guys. Okay. Right? Okay. They're uh, defensive backs coaches. Little did I know that both of these guys had coached at Iowa State while Brock Purdy was at Iowa State. Yeah. Okay. So his point is, who knows the tendencies of Brock Purdy better than both of these two guys who were on the opposing side of the ball going against him in practice every day, saw him play all of his games at Iowa State. He started 48 mm-hmm. games, I believe, at Iowa State, yep. uh, et cetera. And I think to myself, you know what? Kind of a di- kind of an interesting angle right there. It's really, it's really different. Now, ultimately you still got to go out and make plays and he's got to make plays and you can tell people about tendencies all you want and blah, blah, blah. I get it. He's a different player than he was at Iowa state, but it's nice having a little inside information there. Well, we, we know coaches will call their other friends in a fraternity to get information on players. And you're right. When you've spent four years with a guy, you do know something about him. Sometimes it's something, something as simple as watch his foot placement, and help you determine a pass from a run. Watch how he sets himself up. Watch which way he – sometimes he may give away which receiver he's going to by looking at that person a little bit more than others. Now, I guarantee you, Kyle Shanahan being the the quarterback guru that he is, they've worked on some of these little things that try to help. But you're right. Any and every little advantage you can get, you utilize that to the fullest. Mm -hmm. You know, does he shy away from this? If you if you blitz him heavy, does he get rattled? All these little things, man. In, in a game like this, it, it's 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 inf- inside information. A lot of times is better than just putting together a game plan against somebody. Um, I hope it works out to their favor, you know. But I, I, I want to see when it comes to a game like this. And I think the biggest key is you have an experienced quarterback who was an MVP candidate. Versus a guy who was Mr. Relevant and who's just caught lightning in a bottle based on all the talent around him. Right. And I give, and plus his game is in Philadelphia. And we talked about how this kid's only played two games on a road, no West Coast, I mean, no East Coast games, so on and so forth. That come, come could come into play. The crowd noise could come into a play. Um, I think it come, it, it will come down to execution. Hmm. Execution on both sides of the ball. Can we keep the defense moving backwards? Can we keep them guessing? Can we avoid the three and outs? The longer we're on the field, the longer they are not on the field offensively. What you know, who who takes the advantage of that? Protect the football in a game of this magnitude, protect the football at all costs. You know, and sometimes you're gonna have to throw a ball away instead of trying to force an issue. Throw a ball away to live to play another day. You know, don't don't think you have to make this super heroic play right now, you know, don't give and the momentum shift in this game is huge. You know, the more we have the momentum, the more they don't, don't give them one iota of momentum. We have to demoralize them. We have to get inside their heads and as all, you know, 
for as many accolades as we've generated on our side, so have they. Right. You know, you know, we're number one in sex. We're number number five in this, number four in this. They won 12 in a row. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also. All right. They're considered one of the most physical teams on the planet. We've got to take those things away from them. We've got to take that winning streak, obviously. If not, we're going home. We've got to show them that we're just as physical as they are. You know, we understand they've got as many turnovers as we do. We have to make sure in our backyard we we get more turnovers than we give away. We have to. You know, all these little things come into play. And I, I Here I go again, acting like Rob Ellis. I was about to let the words slip out of my mouth. I cannot wait to see what could be an epic showdown. But I'm at peace right now. Here today, I'm at peace. The game will get here soon enough. Four days is not that far away. Let's see, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Four days is not that far away. Uh, I'm going to control. Three days. What's the day, Thursday? Yeah. What the day was Wednesday. Dang it. No, man, geez, don't do that to me. It's three days, not four. I don't need four days. I was at four days yesterday, man. Okay. Yeah, you know what? Three days, look, Rob, three days away is nothing. Yeah. We're, we're getting there. We're, we're at 70, almost 74 hours coming it's, up at one o'clock. Oh, see, you had to put that in there, didn't you? You just see, it looked better when it's three days. When you start talking hours, that's when you get hours the juices ramped. You know. know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know. All right. Uh, so here's the question. So I thought that was a cool thing but from uh, Schreger that he threw that's out a, there. That's great. Um, yeah. I, I, look, the, the, the pressure question I have for you. Who has more pressure on them, Sirianni or Shanahan? Let me, let me lay out both cases. Okay. Sirianni wins the most games in football. Is, is essentially the number one overall seed. Okay. Yep. Yep. Shanahan has been to a Super Bowl as a head coach. Has been to a Super Bowl as a coordinator in, in an epic collapse by his team, by the way. Yep. In Atlanta, has been to championships game. Has has been close, is my point, a bunch of times. I think everybody respects what kind of coach he is, but eventually, you keep getting close, you get a label put on you. I don't think he's there yet. Yeah. Okay. But I think you start to get a label put on you. Sirianni, they're going to look at it and say, 14 wins, man. Number one overall seed. You you, you like to strut. You like to pose a little bit. You know, you like the mean mug a little bit in, in front yeah. of the camera. You're wearing the chain in the locker room and, and all that. I view that stuff as fun. I view it as genuine who he is. But people on the outside don't like that. Yeah. So the yeah. question I have is, and they're home, by the way, the Eagles. Yep. Which Which coach has more pressure on them? You know, when you presented that question before the break, I saw a lot of people in the chat automatically saying uh, Shanahan. I disagree. I think by far it's Sirianni. And here's why. Your general manager assembled an all-star roster. He kept adding to it during the season. He brought in Linville Joseph and Endomica Sue to shore up the, the defense. Okay. You got in all these 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 frontline players on one-year contracts. Not not secondary players but frontline players you are in the top five in all these categories across the board your team has the best record along with kansas city in pro football you have this game in your backyard okay you're not supposed to lose this game you are as healthy as anybody any of the four teams still standing you are as healthy as anybody out there and there's a possibility you may get the missing link back of Vontae maddox with or without Maddox, you're still a complete team without him. Yeah, you're still healthier probably than anybody still standing. Absolutely. Yep. You cannot lose this game in your backyard with this roster. You have a quarterback who's been talked about as the MVP candidate since October. 
you have two, you have three primetime receivers. You have arguably the best offensive line in the game. You have the deepest rotation on the defensive front, and you have 70 quarterback sacks. You almost broke the all-time NFL record for quarterback sacks. You have two pro bowlers at corner. You have another guy who finished tied for the most interceptions in the league on the back end who's back healthy now. You are a much deeper and versatile team than the teams coming in here, even though they're riding that 12-game winning streak. Mm-hmm. I think – and, and it's uh, you can't emphasize it enough. It's in your backyard. Mm-hmm. I think by far there's more pressure on Sirianni because, because with Shanahan, as well as they've played, right now Shanahan's playing with house money. Yep. He's playing with a quarterback, which is a nice story. But he was your third quarterback. You were down to the last guy left that you could pick from outside of bringing in a free agent off the street to quarterback this team. And you've done an incredible job. And, yes, you've been to the big show before, and you botched it. But you can walk away saying, well, we went as far as we could with this Brock Purdy. He had a phenomenal season. You know, he's in the mix next year to be a starting quarterback, even though Trey Lance is coming back. But you know what? We're playing with house money. Yep. You know, so I think by far Sirianni has more pressure on him because of everything I just said. Yeah, and the other thing I'll throw in there with the – this isn't as much – as much outside pressure because I don't know that the outside people are, are quite as aware of this as we are in the in the fishbowl, so to speak. But we know that they they're going to have to pay Jalen Hurts this offseason. Absolutely, which means there's you're going to be forced to let some really quality talent walk. It's just the Absolutely. way it's going to work. Absolutely. So that that makes this year all the more critical for them to win a Super Bowl. Considering not to say the Eagles can't Absolutely. draft well and make Absolutely. up for it and all that. But you got to you got to take care of it now, Derek. So I I'm with you. I would go Sirianni. I I will say, fair or not, like if Shanahan keeps getting like to the doorstep here, he's going to start getting that label. It's not right, That's but true. it, it, it is, is what it is. But I would definitely say it's 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 on Sirianni. Uh, see, I would also say though, in this case, this one particular case, if Shanahan got to the Super Bowl. With this rookie quarterback, he still has a built-in excuse that, hey, this kid caught lightning in a bottle for us. He did everything possible. But, you know, hey, you're playing Joe Burrow, who who was the Super Bowl runner-up last year. They came within three points of winning it all and shocked the world because nobody thought Cincinnati would get there in the first place. Or you're playing Patrick Mahomes, who's arguably the best quarterback in the game today. He is the best magician in the game today. And that team has shown that this offense was bigger than Tyreek Hill. So, you know, there's a built-in excuse for him there, you know, in that regard. Now, if he was playing with Jimmy Garoppolo, even if he was playing with his first-round pick, Trey Lance, you could say, you know what, all right, Kyle, this is the second time you've gone to the big show and you've had all your pieces in place and you and you choked. You know, you're right. You start getting that label. Yep. But, see, this kid Brock Purdy buys him. And, and that's with any – I would say this about any team. I would say this about the Eagles also. If they were playing with a wonder kid who came from out of nowhere, you have a built-in excuse – if you fail short of that final destination of hoisting that Lombardi trophy, because this kid, he gave you more than you ever thought he would, but he just wasn't ready for this one big moment. He just fell a little bit short. Well, even Derek, take it. Well, you know, we like to draw these. I do it too. The the comparisons to 2017. Let's say Doug Peterson, the the game is a toe to toe battle. Like it was with the Patriots. And and you, you come up on the short end of it. You're the one who loses 41, 33 or whatever. Right. Yep. You know, nobody is saying, oh, my God, Doug Peterson, what a choke job. He's there with a backup quarterback. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. So 
And, and then it, and then you double down on it with Shanahan because he's got a rookie. It's not like, you know, Vic Foles exactly. had been around for a while. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I would definitely – I think there's a case to be made for Shanahan, but it's absolutely on Sirianne. 100%. Oh, there's no question. You know what? Go back to the game, uh, Nick Foles quarterback. If somehow, someway, they would have lost that game against the Patriots, you know who they got to blame for that? The oh, defense and Schwartz. the defensive coordinator. Yeah, there's Schwartz no question. got killed. Yep. You let you – let, now, the, first of all, they would have said, well, you know what? You were playing the evil empire. You know what they do in Super Bowls. Number two, one. Number two, that man had close to 500 yards passing by the end of they the third punt. quarter. They didn't by, punt. By the end of the third quarter. Are you kidding me? There's one punt in the game, and it was the Eagles. That was it. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you know, every, I mean, Eagles fans would have been disappointed. They would have yeah. voiced their opinion, their displeasure, understandable. But when you, when you step back and look at the bigger picture, hey, man, we got to the Super Bowl with Nick Foles, man. Mm-hmm. Nobody thought that would have happened. Yeah. And Nick Foles threw for, what, 300-something yards? Oh, he was incredible. Yeah. You can't ask for anything more. Eagles had over 400 yards of total. Yes. It's not like the Eagles didn't. Yes. Yeah, they were up and down the field, too. They scored 41 points. Yes. Yeah. you can't. So if they'd have lost that game, like, 42-41, you know, because I, 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 I said it then live on air, and I, I will stand here and say it again today. If Brandon Graham does not make that strip sack, I truly believe Brady would have taken him down the field, scored, and they would have got – you know what? When you look at the Patriots win, they were in the height of all this winning. They were head and shoulders the best team on the planet in terms of getting two-point conversions. They were the most creative. I truly believe they were down by eight points. I truly believe they would have gone down and scored and got two points and probably sent that game to overtime. I agree. I agree There's with no you. No question about it. I agree with you. I, look, I expected it to happen on that last drive. I, yes. Until that ball hit the ground and there wasn't a flag, I still – there was a piece of me that's saying, they're, this is Brady. Gronk's yes. gonna come down with that ball, and then 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 we're in a. Can you imagine how how nerve wracking that would have been for Eagles fans had they gotten the touchdown as the Patriots are lining up to go for two there to tie that thing? Oh like, my goodness! I'm serious, man. People would have just lost <laughs> their mind, melted away, man. Yeah. The thing that killed me the most about that is uh, from the mid third quarter on to the end of that game was how wide open Patriots receivers were in the middle of the field. Big time. I mean. There's nobody within five to eight nope. yards of him in the middle of the field. And Brady just kept hitting him and Hogan kept hitting him. And, uh, and, yes. and, and, you know, and, and, and uh, Edelman guys. and all these guys. Edel, Edel, yeah, that whole crew. Yeah. You know, and, and Schwartz made no adjustments to take away anything in the middle of the field. Yeah. And that's you why, know. look, Doug coached such a good game, uh, knowing, like, going forward on fourth down from his own 45, he couldn't give the ball back to Brady. He would have scored. He knew it. There's no question. He knew it. He went for it. That's why you don't kick a field goal when they did the Philly special. No. He 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 coached all out, which he had to do. And if he didn't, they would have lost that game. You would have lost no that question. game. There's yeah. no question. All right. So I, I think we're both agreed that it was it would definitely be Sirianni over uh, Shanahan. Yeah, yeah. Now, this one may seem like more like a landslide, but I'll explain where I'm going with this. Hurts or Purdy, more pressure. Now, the obvious answer is Hurts, right? Because Purdy's yes. a rookie and nobody's yes. expecting anything. The only what I mean by the, by the pressure part of it, yep. I, I wonder if this is finally the game where he's in a hostile environment, on the road, different time zone, playoff game. Maybe the magnitude of of the moment dawns on him to some extent. He's going against the pa- best pass rush that he's faced. I wonder if the heat gets to him. Like I, I think ultimately, there's way more pressure on Hertz pre-game going in in terms of expectations. Right. But I don't. I wonder if if the game itself, finally, you you see that rookie for the first time we all season. Uh, that that's a valid point, but I will say I think there's more pressure on Hertz because of what he's done all season long. Yeah, 
Um, he can take, he can control a game by himself. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. You know, he can beat you with his legs as well as his arm. The full complement of, of Jalen Hurts will be under the microscope against the number one defense in the league, more so. Um, those of us, and I'm, when I say us, I mean national as well as local, those of us on the outside looking in believe this Eagles' ferocious pass rush will be able to rattle Purdy and, and make him look like a rookie to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts, because he's been talked about for and would have been even more so had he not lost those two games in the conversation of MVP because of what we've seen him do. He's rushed for a hundred. I'm here. Derek, you here? What happened? <laughs> I don't know, man. What the heck happened? You were in mid-sentence and, and everything just went kablooey. I don't know, but we're back, I think. Are we all we here? Yes. Yeah, I, did you did you drop did you drop also? I dropped or we both dropped or whatever. I guess I was, we're looking, back. I was looking at my screen and I didn't see you either on the screen. I was like, Yeah, I, I wasn't sure if it was you or me. Uh, I didn't we touch were... anything. Somebody said, What did you push, D Gun? I didn't touch anything. I'm blaming you, Gun. No, I don't uh, know. Uh, no, nah, it wasn't a. I, it was yeah, Kevin Savar said both of us were gone. Weird, glitchy things, but we're here. We're here. Two, em- two empty windows. I yes. didn't touch anything. Did you touch something, Rob? I swear to God, I didn't. Uh, you, I was I was engaged in your what you were saying here, man. I, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I forgot I where saying. I was. Um, all right. I, last thing I brought this up just to get it back to, to kind of where we are, we're here, but so the Eagles go for 268 against the giants, uh, 157 yards. This is, this is remarkable to me about yes. how good this offensive line is. Listen to this. So of the 268 yards that they rushed for against the giants, 157 yards before contact, Derek, that's crazy. That's and to crazy. double down on that, the average yard per attempt before contact, three point five seven. That's unbelievable. You, you, these That's dudes unbelievable. are monsters on this offensive line. Yes, they're mauling people. They're moving people. Their trap blocking scheme, and they run like a zone blocking scheme. But their trap blocking scheme is unbelievable. When you look at how many times you see a guard or a tackle pulling, or you see a tight end coming across this way, and nobody can stop it. Everybody's studied the film. Everybody's looked at it. Yet nobody can still stop it. Yeah. You know, and I think they can have. I think they can pick up chunks of real estate like that against this 49ers front. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as consistently. No, no, look, this is a great run defense. Yeah. This is what and, this is the real yeah, clash of the Titans here, man. Yeah, you know, D'Amico Ryan's one thing about D'Amico Ryan's, he is great at in-game adjustments. He is so good at in-game he really adjustments. Is. Yeah, he really you know, is. Now they'll they'll hit they'll hit the 49ers for a big one, but at some point D'Amico's gonna squeeze those windows. You know, and when he squeezes those windows, you've got to quickly find that other advantage. Are they bringing more people down in the box? You've got the one-on-one matchups against their average corners that you want. You've got to make them pay. Every time they adjust, you've got to counter-adjust as well. But I do expect them to be able to hit the 49ers. 
if they can't run on this 49ers defense, it's going to be a long day. I agree. Yeah, it's they become day. they end up becoming one dimensional here, uh, and then you're asking Bosa to to just tee off when if, if Jalen Hurts is dropping back yes. 45 times, then you're begging for it. And I, you're begging I, for problems. I don't That's think Melodic cannot handle Bosa. If, if the if the if somehow the 49ers can force the Eagles to pass, I don't think he can handle Bosa all by himself. And you're also just you're asking a lot of Lane Johnson, man, to be in pass block against either Bosa or somebody else that many times with that right. injury. Right, you, you know, you're playing with fire there. I think so. I have no question. Stay with it. You know, stay with the run game. Stay, stay focused on the run game, and don't give up on it early if you're not. You know, like we talk about all the time, ripping off big, big chunks of yards. All right. Yep. So when we come back, Derek, we did it last week for the Giants game. We're going to do it again for this week. I'm going to throw over under. These are not Vegas over unders. These are Ellis over unders. All right. We're going. I'm going to hit you with. I have a bunch. I have. I think 12 for the Eagles. If, no, more than that. Anyway, I have a lot for the Eagles. Well, okay. And I have a bunch for the 49ers. Uh, I'll give you a sampling of what we're going to do when we get back. So Jalen Hurts passing yards, Jalen Hurt, Jalen Hurts rushing yards. Over under four and a half total sacks for the Eagles. Just think on these things. We're going to dig into it. I got 49ers ones as well for you when we come back. So we're going to do all of that in a second. Uh, 1.30, Keith Pompey. From the Philadelphia Inquirer, we'll talk about that Sixers win over the Nets and Ben Simmons returning in the hostile environment last night. And then at 2 o'clock, former Eagles safety, now turned uh, Eagles and NFL analyst, Quentin Michael. So we'll do all those things when we return. Don't go anywhere. He's D-Gun. Barrett's off today. I am Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Right now, time to tell you about Pro Action Restoration. Yes, Pro Action Restoration. If you have a home, you have a business, you have a property that you may own, and you've gone through the inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, mold damage. And even if you haven't yet, take down this information because Pro Action Restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist you. I've gone through it on a Saturday, which can be tough sometimes to get people out to help you. Not the case. Like I said, they're on standby waiting for your call. They came out to my parents' house. They cleaned it up. The crew was professional. The price was right. Could not have been a better experience. It was a massive relief. ProAction Restoration is licensed, bonded, and fully insured, and they've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. ProAction will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So could be water, could be smoke, could be fire, you name it, mold damage, mold remediation. They can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event. 
Weather forecasting is a team game. We rely on each other every day, updating the models and passing along new critical information. We have a team of five experienced meteorologists and a specialized weather producer, Paul. Say hi, Paul. Sometimes what I see in the model, Cecily could see something different. That's when we come together as a team to make our most accurate prediction. And all of this backed by more than 100 AccuWeather scientists. It's a team game. And we have the best team in town. Eagles fans, Tom Giordano from Pondley Hockey Giordano. Who's ready to get another one of these? But first, we got to take care of business and beat the 49ers this Sunday. Look, we know ticket prices are super expensive and really hard to get, so we're giving you an opportunity to win two free tickets to the NFC Championship game. So go to our Instagram right now for your chance to win two free tickets to the NFC Championship game this Sunday. And as always, thanks for watching the Pondley Hockey Post Game Show. Go Birds! Post Game Show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post Game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Welcome in, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. We are Sports Day, Jacob Sports YouTube Network on this Thursday as we inch closer to Sunday, 3 o'clock, when the Eagles and the Niners will do battle to see who goes to Super Bowl 57. Right, 57? Yes, 57. Five years since the Eagles. I, I can't keep up with Eagles this stuff, 52. Man. I can't right? keep up with this stuff. You're the numbers guy. See, I told you, I'm the numbers guy when it comes to phone numbers, credit card numbers, addresses. When it comes to all this, 73 hours, 32 minutes, I don't have patience for that kind of stuff. I, I, I do it I do it just to tweak you, man. That's why I do it. It's I, like, no, I, res- you know, I respect that you do that, man. It's like, but then I say to myself, for a guy who has 35 jobs, he's got way too much time on his hand, <laughs> way too much free time on his hand. It's, it's, fair. it's, it's fair. like, I got to talk to Maggie. I need to talk to Maggie. That's what I need to talk to. Oh, don't do that, please. I don't need any more response. Why not? Everybody threatens to talk to my wife. Why can't I talk to somebody else? Point. That's a good point. Fair. Yeah. Turnabout is fair play. Uh, all right. Let me hit you with some over-unders. I wanna, I'll want i start with the Eagles. And then if we have time, we'll dip into the 49ers. If we don't get to the Niners in this segment, we'll revisit it at two o'clock. Okay. All, all right. right. Sounds so, good. So here we go. Um, Jalen Hurts, 200 passing yards in the game. Keep in mind, he threw for 154. Didn't need to throw it a ton last week. It was a pretty balanced effort. We know the Eagles rushed for 268. So they, you didn't need a ton of you know, air yards here, but you didn't have a, a huge contribution from, from AJ Brown. Devonte Smith had a solid game. Dallas Goddard had a yep. solid game, yep. uh, but there wasn't a, you know, a ton else there in the air. So uh, over under 200 in the air for Jalen hurts. Definitely over 200. 
I think the Eagles are going to have a decent measure of success on the ground, but the 49ers are going to force them to put the ball in the air. Um, so I'd say definitely over 200 in that regard. And because of the fact that the Eagles have the receivers on the wide, uh, on the outside, that can beat those corners. Yes. Uh, over 200, my friend. I think so too. Like, because I don't think as much as that we, we, and we just went through it, you know, in detail in the last segment, I think the Eagles will run the ball at a decent level, but they're not going to get 268, which means you're going to have to do some more damage. Yes. In the air. yes. And where, you know, where the, the Niners are more susceptible is, is, is a little bit down the field. So that's where you're going to have to take care of business. Yes. All right. Uh, no All right. question. I'm in agreement, but let's go rushing yards. So he only ran for, I think 34 Ooh. last week. Does he get 50 on this team, Derek? Out of necessity. Yes. Over 50. Out of necessity. Over 50. There are going to be times, you know, the 49ers don't like to blitz much, but D'Amico will blitz. And I think he's going to flush Jalen out of the pocket. He's going to force Jalen out of that pocket. And Jalen's going to kill him with, with some big runs. And when I say big runs, I mean runs over 10 yards. Um, so yes, I'm going to say he's going to have, he's going to have over 50. He's going to have to have over 50 yards out of necessity. This, this, this okay. Sunday. I, I think so too. I, I think yeah. by, by sheer pressure on him and being flushed out now, it may not be uh, a 25, 30 yard run, but I think it'll be right. bits and pieces and he'll seven get yards his, here, seven yards, yards and six on a third down. Yeah. yeah. I, I yeah. think that could happen. Uh, but I mean, you think about it, that, that gets you in the 250 total yard range for him, which is not crazy, I guess. Right, right. All right, Miles Sanders, 85, 85 yards. Now, this is a Niners team that's averaging like 70-something yards per, per game on the ground allowed total, total, Derek. So does Miles himself, he had a, who had a good game last week, too. He was he was good, uh, 85. The running game as a whole will wow. – it will have over 85 yards. Miles Sanders. You know, he's done it on 15, 17 carries. He's got 90 yards. He's gotten a buck 44. Wow. I don't know if they're going to spring him like that, though. But because I'm a daring man, I'm going to go with the over in this regard, Rob. That's good. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna say Miles is going to get his, his, his over 85 rush. That's a good sign for the Eagles, then, if that's if that's the way that plays People out. are saying under. I don't know. I, I, I don't I disagree feel, with I, you. I feel under. I feel like seventy-ish, and and then Ooh, I think you you'll okay. get Gainwell get, get a little bit, and Boston will get a little bit. I yeah. Okay. Uh, Terry says that Sanders over under. Uh, where was on, that? On Fanduel. On Fanduel yeah. is fifty and a wow, it's fifty and a half. That's low. That well, is low. When you consider what they give up per game on the ground, yes, that's a yes. great point by Terry, man. That, that's so. I, yeah, I'm going under Derek on that one. I'm going. I'm going under with the number I said. I'm not, I would go over okay, the Fanduel okay. number, but I'm going under mine. I think the sweet spot for him is like 65. Well, I think you know we talk about how the Niners are like so good against the run, but their average against the pass is because teams found out you can pass on them. Look at what look at what the, the Raiders did to 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 get themselves in a position with a backup quarterback to win that game. Stood them at 300 ball, yards in the 34 air, 34 points on them. You know yeah. so. They force you to throw the ball more, which is not good for them, but they force you to throw the ball more. I mean, wow, that's a tough one. I don't disagree with the people saying under. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying I, Miles is capable of getting at 85. Whew. I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick with. Right. It'll be different. I'm gonna say. Stick to right. your guns, man. I like it. All right. Um, AJ Brown, six receptions. Yes, because AJ is ticked off. 
Yes. So he's had many conversations with the boy Jalen Hurts. They've talked about it. They're boys. They go way back. We know what their relationship is right. It is like uh, the slant route. Yeah, uh, definitely over six receptions in this game. I don't know what it'll equate to in yards. Yep. What do you have over six? Uh, there is absolutely no question. Hey, uh, according to our guy, Jeff Kerr of Good Morning NFC East, yeah. Howie Roseman has been selected uh, the Pro Football Writers Award uh, Executive of the Year. The PFWA writers uh, have selected him as the NFL Executive of the Year. And rightfully so. I don't think there's anybody else more deserving when you consider all the strategic moves. Think about how many wow factors he, he made from the offseason to the regular season. And we kept saying, I can't believe he did that. Hassan Reddick, Kazir White. The trade day, the, the day trade for AJ Brown, Bradbury, Bradbury, and, you know later, and then to bring in the two, you know, the the two freight trains, they put in the D lines when it, when it was obvious they were having problems stopping the run. Mm-hmm. There's no question. And on top of that, not only did he bring these people in, they accumulated the best record in the NFC and the number one seed, and tied for the best record in all of football. There's yeah. no question Howie Roseman deserves that honor. He did everything you could to put a, a coach and an organization in the best position to succeed. And that's all you can ask. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. my goodness, yes. Yeah. So, absolutely. So, that's good. Well-deserved. Well-deserved, for sure. Uh, all right. Uh, I agree with you. A.J. Brown will is going to be a man on a mission. He gets over six. Yep. yep. There's no question. Okay. Now, he's, now he, he admitted himself, a little nicked up, said he'll be fine for this game. True. Now I had heard it, it might be possibly maybe it was a, a hip or an ankle. Not hundred percent sure. Yeah. Um, you know, but no matter what hurts you, if you step on the field, you're ready to play. Mm-hmm. You know. All right. Let me let me get back to Hurts for a minute. Over under two and a half touchdowns could be through the air. Man, could be on, on the ground. You two mean ru- you mean total? Total for him in the game. Oh, I thought you mean like running touchdowns. No, 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 no. Either throwing it or running it. Two and a half for Jalen Hurts in the game. Over, he went over last week. You might, run. yeah, but that's that's the Giants. Come on, I, no, I'm just saying, yeah, just to put it in perspective, though, he, he did he did that last week. I'll say, yeah, over, over. I, I say over simply because he is such a threat with the quarterback sneak. Yep. If you're yep. close, he's the one getting yep. it. Yep. Uh, like, he'll run for one, throw for, for throw for a couple, or run for two, throw for one. Whatever the combination is, it'll be over. All right, I'm with you on that one. That one is a definite over. All right, let's go Devontae Smith. I'm going to give you receiving yards on Devontae. Hmm. 85. 85. I'm going to say a little bit under because uh, A.J. Brown is going to be the primary focal point against this marginal uh, cornerback uh, staff that the 49ers have. I think A.J. Brown, for the big game he had last week, his numbers are going to suffer a little bit in that regard. Uh, I think Dallas Goddard is going to be vital in this passing game. So I think Devontae's numbers will, will will suffer a little bit. Yeah, I, I think under. you're I think you're going to have um, AJ be more apart, and I think that Goddard will at least get a minimal of what they had last week, if not yes. more. Right. Yes. So I think for those two reasons, it's yeah, Devontae could be the one to pay the price a little bit. Yep. Now, yep. the 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 only thing that may counter that is if. They- you could beat them, you know, in the in the air a little bit. Um, so he could. They don't give him a ton of big plays, but you could hurt him that way. Maybe that's what happens. Maybe. The only the only way I think it goes over is if we we find out early that the Niners are committed to doubling up on AJ. If they yeah. double up on AJ, then Devontae's going to have his one on one shots, and his numbers could go way over what we're talking about now. Yeah. But as we sit here right now, I'm going to say 
And we've seen it happen occasionally this season. AJ has the big game. Devontae's numbers suffer. Yep. You know, so I think I think that'll be the case at least at least for the first half of the game. Mm-hmm. All right, good. Uh, let's go. Dallas Goddard five catches. Yes, out of necessity. Yes, I think he'll get his five catches. He might be in that seventy to eighty yard range. Also, yep, uh, uh, definitely. You you got to have all your weapons. You need you need every weapon you have at your disposal to keep this 49ers defense guessing to keep it on its heels. And Dallas Goddard has shown he is one of the top three, four tight ends in the game today. Utilize him. You saw what he did against the Giants. It's a much tougher test this time around, but Dallas Goddard has, has all the attributes to free himself up and to be a viable factor in this. So I'm going to say, yes, definitely over. Okay. I agree. I think it's over too. All right. We're going to go on the defensive side here for a second. Hassan Reddick, a half a sack, meaning oh. does he get at least one in this game? Hassan yes, Reddick. Absolutely. Okay. Because of that guy on the right side, McGlinchey, with the, the array of moves that he keeps just sh- uh, showing us every week, uh, absolutely, he's over a half sack. He might accidentally get a half sack. He might fall into the quarterback and accidentally get a half sack. So, yeah, I'm going to say definitely over. Did, did I set that line way too low? Should That's that have way been a too sack? low. Should that have been a sack and a half? Yeah, you should have said second half. But because you said a half sack was sticking to it, <laughs> I would say yes, definitely. All right, over. jump on it now. All right, as a team, all right, this is team. Yes. Four and a half sacks. Ooh, now that's a tough one because Five Purdy, last week. Purdy will throw it away before he takes a sack. So you got to catch him blindside or you got to catch him on one of his pirouettes coming back the other way and have a backside containment sitting there waiting for him. Four and a half, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. You know, I think he took four sacks at one game this year, but that's when he was trying to figure stuff out. He's had no more than two. If, if you look at the, how he's played for much of this season, woo, four and a half on Purdy. I know, right? With the weapons they have, Rob, I'm going to say under. I got to okay. say under this game. That's I, probably not a great sign for the Eagles then, if that's Ooh. the case, if they are under that, because that, that that five feels like their magical number. So I, 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 base, my, I base my answer on – like I said, looking at extensive film of this Purdy kid last night, how quickly he gets the ball out of his hands. He'll throw it away instead of taking a sack. He's very well versed in terms of getting rid of the ball and not taking unnecessary sacks. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got so many weapons to choose from in matchups. You know, it's like the Eagles offense. You can't cover everybody. You can't cover everybody in this 49ers offense. You can't. Mm-hmm. You just can't. I mean, as good as this Eagles defense is, the matchups they have are great. The matchups the Eagles have against this 49ers offense are better than any matchup combinations that the 49ers offense has seen all season long. But when you look at the, the, the – we, we, we talked about five weapons. We didn't even talk about Ray Ray McLeod, and he's a weapon. So you can't cover everybody, you know. So it's, they're going to – so I'm going to say under four. I got to go under four. I hope right. I'm wrong, but I'll say under four. Yeah, under four. It's going to be interesting uh, with, with that one because that's going to be maybe the key to the game is how much pressure they can get force try to force Purdy into a mistake. What do you say? Which he doesn't do much. I think they get five. I think they go over. Yeah, I hope I you're think, right. I, I hope think you're they right. hit their sweet spot. I, I, I'm going to say Reddick gets two. I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say Javon Hargrave gets one. They'll get one from the interior. Right. I'm going to say Sweat gets one. That's okay. four against uh, against Trent Williams. If he gets one against Trent Williams, he's earned his his red badge of courage. Because Trent I'll, Williams don't give up much, man. I'm telling no, you. No, he doesn't. And, and I'll go, uh, man. I'm going to go one of the real old school guys gets one. 
uh, Sue Co- or Joseph okay. gets home. Well, I thought you were going to say uh, Cox or Hargrave. <laughs> I said Sue Hargrave. Hargrave okay. gets one. Yeah, Hargrave gets Sue or, one. Sue or Joseph. I can't rule that possibility out. I can't. Yeah. Um, I, I hope you're right. I hope this. I hope this one. This one time that you're right, and I'm wrong. All right. Eagles interceptions. I'm. I'm putting it at a half. Will they get at least one, Derek Gunn? Dallas. Dallas had t- potential to get three. 49ers love to work the middle of the field. Nobody's been able to keep them from working the middle of the field. But Purdy loves to throw that ball sometimes in tight windows. Jonathan Gannon has to identify this. He's got to he's got to set up some kind of disguise, just like Bradbury duped Daniel Jones last year and stepped in front of the receiver in, uh, last week and picked that off. I'm going to say they get at least one, at least they're, one. They're going to get one. Uh, at they, least they, more they, as a push. Yeah, Dallas did them some favors last week. Uh, you know, with, with two of those that they absolutely should have had. So uh, I'm 100. percent saying they'll get at least one. I, I think they're I think the pressure, Derek, they're gonna put enough pressure on him where he's gonna make okay. an uncharacteristic mistake. I just I think it's gonna happen in this he's game. thrown some balls over the field, not just against Dallas last week, but in the last three or four games that, that could have been picked. And they've ricocheted off people. Yep. Um so and, I and, think, and you got yeah. you got CJGJ back who's been yep, yep. you know this whole season a guy who's yep. got a nose for the ball. So I say they get at least one. Okay. At least one. Yep. Um I'm going to, I'm going to swing it back to offense for a second. <clears throat> you, you, you can either one of these guys, Boston Scott game. Well, I'm going to set the line at a half a touchdown Do one of them score and it could be running or catching in one, in some capacity. I would say game. Well, I would say game. Well, um, game. Well, gets the bulk, bulk of the touches that um, Miles Sanders doesn't. Uh, so I'll say Gainwell more than Boston Scott. I don't think this is a Boston Scott game. I think this is a Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell game. Okay. Um, Boston Scott can do just about everything. He's strong. He's a good blocker. Uh, he's a bull inside the five. You can't find him. And by the time you find him, he's already picked up two or three yards. But I think Gainwell is the, is the guy who gets a touchdown before Boston Scott. Okay. All right. All right. I like it. All right. Let's jump over here then. Let's jump over to some of these, uh, these over-unders for the Niners. You ready? Ooh, all right. Let's go. Here we go. Nick Bosa, one and a half sacks. Does he get two? Do you have less than two? I say he gets one. So I'm going to say uh, if the Eagles can establish the run, he's not going to get many shots to get in quarterback sacks. Jalen Hurts is going to step up and run the football. That's going to negate his opportunities as well. I'll say one. So you said one and a half. I'm going to go with the under here and say one. Okay. I got the, I got one. uh, He got no sacks last week. He got none. Yeah. I don't think he goes two straight weeks without getting a sack. Yeah. He's going to be feeding. He's going to be feeding, you know, and, and, you know, I love Mulata's overall game, but I, and I've I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think Mulata's a much better run blocker than he is pass blocker. He's been inconsistent in the pass blocking this year. And I don't know if it was because of that shoulder. And we don't know how healthy he is, but we know he's playing. And I think this dude, this dude Bosa just has a nonstop motor, man. I mean, yeah, he does. you know, you look, you look for, you look for D lineman who played the bulk of a game to get tired at some point. This dude is nonstop. He's like a JJ Watt. He doesn't get tired. Mm-hmm. And I think somehow, some way he'll sneak back there and get one. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you on that one. Christian McCaffrey, total Ooh. yards of 100, 100 total yards for McCaffrey. 
No, I'll say it'll be in the eighties. I'll say the eighties and it could be an effective eighties because I've seen him get a less than a hundred yards and do a lot of damage. You know, he's, he'll have, he'll have one big play running game. He'll have one big explosive play in a passing game. I think that will equate to under a hundred yards though. I just hope it's not, you know, one big running play for a touchdown or one big passing play for a touchdown, but I'm going to say under a hundred for him. He might get 90, he might get 90 plus, but I don't think he'll get a hundred. I think he gets over a hundred. Oh, uh, oh, yeah, oh, I do. I don't. Um, uh, you're right. You might be right. I hope I'm wrong. I, I think that he's going to. Uh, you know, I think he's going to get somewhere in the seventies on the ground, and I think he's going to catch enough to, that he's going to get about forty-ish in the air. Okay. I think he's going to get over. Okay. Um, okay. The, the key is just he can't have a big play. He can't have an explosive play, and that's one of the things uh, that Gannon does well is they don't generally allow. Yeah. Big, right. big play. So, right, right. yeah, I hope I'm wrong, but I think he does. I think he gets over that number. I don't think, um, I don't think he'll get deep. I think if he, if he gets that explosive play in the run or, or especially the pass, it'll be one of those situations where he catches something underneath, finds a seam and you, right. and by the time a DB turns around and realizes he's coming down on you, it's too late. He's already gone past you. All right. Um, yeah. let's go Debo. Debo did not have a big game last week. Um, Six receptions for Debo. I want to set the same number that I set for you at eight for AJ Brown. Both guys coming off less than stellar games for themselves. Wow. Debo. I got to check something real quick as you, as you talk, because I'm already on the 49ers. Uh, Where is he here? So let me see something on Debo. I got to pull up his game log and look at his best receptions uh, for the season. Okay. Uh, he had six against Seattle, four against Dallas. The most receptions he's had in any game this season was seven mm. against the Falcons back on October 16th, and he had seven against – oh, no, I take that back. He had 10 catches against Miami um, on December 4th, but it was only for 58 yards. Okay. Wow. So um, he doesn't, he's not a volume catcher, that's for sure. He's not, no. Uh, and for as electric as he is now, granted, he lost he lost a couple of games. As electric as he is, he's only had one game this season of 100 receiving yards, and that was back on October 3rd against the Rams. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, no, no, he had a hundred. Oh, well, let me, tell you, let me change that. He had six catches for a buck 33 against Seattle in the in division in the uh, wild card weekend. Mm. But after that, against Dallas, a much better defense than Seattle's. He had four. He was targeted seven times at four catches for 45 yards. I'm going to take the under here. I think they're going to utilize him more in the running game on those jet sweeps and stuff like that. I'm going to go with the under here for Debo. I like the under too. I like the under too. I I think he's going to have about four or five catches. uh, 50s, 60s, somewhere around there. They do spread the ball out. Kittle gets his. uh, Ayuk gets his. Enough throws out of the backfield to McCaffrey that I don't think he's going to have a high volume of catches. Yeah, so I, yeah, I, I will yeah. stay there. I'll stay there. All right. But he's electric when he gets the ball in his hands, no matter how he gets the ball. So, well, yards after catch, man. He's, oh, he's my like, goodness. he is, he, he is, and a, he's, he's not like AJ in that sense. He's They're strong. very similar. Yeah. Yes. The one thing I, I like about this 49ers receiving core is that not a lot of guys catch the ball and just go down. They are strong. They keep they fighting for yards, all of them. Yep. You know, so you got to gang tackle these dudes. You know, no question. Uh, Brock Purdy over under 200 yards passing. 
49ers averaged a buck 38 running the ball all season long. He had a buck, what, buck 13 against Dallas. If they only had a buck 13 against Dallas, Purdy's got to throw the ball. I'm going to say over 200 passing yards. He's going to have to throw the ball for this 49ers defense, defense uh, team to be successful. I don't, I don't see the Eagles giving up 130, 140 yards rushing to the Niners. The Niners, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to plow, plow away at you. They might get 112, 113 yards rushing. But I think um, Purdy's going to get over 200 yards passing out of necessity. Okay. Yeah, yeah. and that I don't. Um, I think the Niners are going to have an okay game on the ground. I don't think there's a lot. I'm going to take the under on yep. 200. Okay. Uh, okay. Purdy All right. In this one, I don't think he throws for a ton. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, four receptions, <clears throat> four over under. <clears throat> Brandon Ayuk, uh, definitely over four. Mm-hmm. Definitely over four. I think he's the biggest matchup nightmare in the passing game for the Eagles. Uh, because of the way he runs routes, his ability to stop on a dime and shift directions in his routes, he obviously has a certain chemistry with uh, Purdy. And as I told you guys last night, this dude runs routes like Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't get the notoriety of a Devontae Adams because Devontae Adams is always putting up 13, 1400 yards, 90, 120 catches, 140 catches. But this dude is this dude is very difficult to stay one on one with yep. because he makes he sets you up. He is very good at setting you up to make you think he's going one way, and then all of a sudden, boom, he's out the door the other way. So I'm saying, yeah, he's going to have over four. Yeah, yeah I, I think so. I I don't see him being that contained uh, by the Eagles' defense. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. All right, George Kittle, uh, 85 receiving yards, 85. Kittle scares me because I don't trust any of the Eagles linebackers trying to cover him one-on-one. I don't yes. care who you put on one-on-one. He's a problem for them. Yes, and that includes Kazir White. Kazir White is the fastest of the linebackers. We know that um, T.J. Edwards and Hassan Reddick, when he drops back, hope he doesn't drop back, are liabilities when it comes to coverage, uh, as good as tacklers and pass rushers as, as they are. Um, Kittle scares me. Kittle scares me to death, man. And with this ability to just outmuscle people over the middle of the field, you said over 85 yards receiving. Yes. yes. That's a good one, man. That's a that's that's a good one. I hate to say it, I'm gonna say over 85. I think he's an over. I think this is an area. Over 85. Where, yeah, where they have a nice advantage. Um where like Warner can can go cover tight ends, yeah, and yeah. you know, and 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 running backs out of the backfield, cover C.D. Lamb down the middle of the field, right. and even receivers, right? Yeah, I I don't, I don't love Kazir White or some of the no. other guys getting caught no. up in a matchup with. Now this is where it could be big getting Avante back, because you, you're just going to have more options <laughs> with Avante back and C.J.G.J. going back to safety and and those kind of things. That's why, and we haven't Eagles haven't practiced yet today, so when we get word, he did he did practice yesterday but that could be something to, to really keep your eye on you know what uh kittle makes the makes the bad pass look good because anything in his area code he gets his hands on he doesn't yeah. drop many number one no and as good as cj is and Avante, because he's so much bigger he out muscles the best of the best you look at a lot of his catches he just bullies people you know uh to get to the ball um and you know i like i like the total eagle secondary but He's going to get his. He's good. You can't, you can't say, what's that saying? You can't stop him. You can only, you can only hope to contain, contain him. him. Yeah. yeah. The old and that's man what Patrick you got to look line. at. Yeah. yeah. So that's uh, where you got to look at it in this case. I like that. Uh, yeah. So I, uh, 
there's a there's a lot to look at. Terry had said that uh, Fanduel had it at 46 for Kittle, 46 yards. So that that's a, that's a pretty low number. That's, that's a lot of faith in the Eagles' defense. You know, yeah, for really, sure. for sure. Um, all right, let, let's uh, let's hit it here. We'll come back. Keith Pompey is going to be joining us, so we'll get a quick timeout. We'll talk to Keith. Uh, Keith texting me as we speak. Let's just make sure. Uh, Xander, can you please send him the email? He said he didn't get it. So uh, we'll, have, we'll have Keith joining us when we come back, and we'll talk some Sixers and Nets. When we come back at 2 o'clock, it's going to be Quentin Michael, former Eagle, joining us. We'll get it back to the Birds talk, and we'll jump around. We'll talk to him about the AFC game as well uh, between the, uh, the Bengals and the Chiefs. So we'll do that also. When we return, uh, it was fun, Gunner. We'll do that. Uh, if there is a Super Bowl, which I think there will be, we'll do over-unders for that game as well. My 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 Ellis over-unders. Uh, all right, that'll do it for us. We'll come right back. We'll talk to Keith Pompey with a little Sixers and Nets. Let me tell you right now about Flynn Tree Services. Yes, Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. And here's the beauty. They're just a quick phone call away. And they're experts at trimming all types of trees. They serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services specializes in full tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. Keep in mind, this is a good time to get your trees evaluated before the weather gets nastier, before those, those branches that you're not really sure about, those trees could potentially come down and, and cause a lot of harm. You don't want that, that's for sure. Go to their Instagram page or their Facebook page for a sampling of their work or a little bit more information. You can give them a call at 610-850-2848, 610-850-2848, or online at flintreeservices.com. That's flintreeservices.com. Hey, Eagles fans, Tom Giordano from Pondley Hockey Giordano. Who's ready to get another one of these? But first, we got to take care of business and beat the 49ers this Sunday. Look, we know ticket prices are super expensive and really hard to get, so we're giving you an opportunity to win two free tickets to the NFC Championship game. So go to our Instagram right now for your chance to win two free tickets to the NFC Championship game this Sunday. And as always, thanks for watching the Pondley Hockey Post Game Show. Go Birds! Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, owner appreciation event.
My name is uh, Fran Salerno, and I'm the Managing Director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Post Game Show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post Game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. back welcome back everybody thanks for hanging out with us on this thursday we are sports take jacob sports youtube network i'm rob ellis along with Derek gun barrett off today we talked a lot of eagles in the early going but man did we have a game last night in south philadelphia at the wells fargo center sixers beat the nets 137 133 of course you know that's a big matchup in the nba eastern conference but it's heightened by the fact that ben simmons was back and on the floor and joining us right now to talk about the game and the Sixers who are absolutely rolling right now from the Philadelphia Inquirer. There he is. You can follow him on Twitter at Pompey on Sixers. What up, Keith? What's up, fellas? How y'all doing? Good and you, man. We're great. We're great, man. We appreciate you taking a couple minutes to hang with us, man. Uh, Give me, give me your, uh, give me your sense of how loud and raucous it was last night in the center and, and maybe put it in comparison. Does, did it feel like a playoff game? Is it as loud as you've heard it in, in a while? How was it? Yeah, it felt like a playoff game. I mean, it, it really did. Um, it, it was one of those things where, you know, it, it seemed as the game. I mean, they start booing and, and cursing and doing whatever 11 minutes before the game when Ben Simmons led his team on the court. But as he started getting, you know, getting more involved in the game, you sense that the boos were getting or the boos were getting louder. You know what I mean? And and they were coming at him. And it was it was crazy. Like the first play when Joel like posted up Ben the first time, it was like, ooh, the crowd. So, you know, it was it was a lot of, you know, stories, stories within itself, so to speak, storylines within the game. And it, it was a playoff type atmosphere. It really was. Hey, hey Keith, did you think it was as loud as you expected it to be, because I said off the top of our show today, you know, because Rob had mentioned yesterday that if he was at the game, he would boo as loud as he could until he was hoarse. And I'm the kind of person I'm like, you know what? That dude's gone now. I mean, we've trashed him. We've talked about, but I said, after listening to the game, I didn't think it was as loud as I thought it was going to be. You were there. So you get a better perspective. You know, it's, it's weird. Like, I, again, I'm, I'm with you how you were in the beginning. Like, I didn't think it was going to be like that. Um, now, now the one thing is it it, it did get louder because okay. of the MB. It was, okay. it was because of the MB thing element, right. but but then it got to a point where I, I feel like people after a while they start focusing on the game, mm-hmm. especially when the Sixers you know were were giving up a lot of shots. So it 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 it, it, it teetered off a little bit. Now the one thing that I will say that helped the crowd noise out was the fact that Brooklyn had a bus had busloads of people there. 
and they were up in section 217. Right. And and what 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 that did was it, it was one of those things where I think they were like chanting for the Brooklyn Nets and chanting for Ben Simmons. So it kind of took away a lot of, you know, the the venom, so to speak. I know that's a, yeah. probably a bad word, yeah. but a lot of the stuff that was directed towards Ben. Okay. So I, I thought it was really um, – you almost break it into three chunks for Ben, uh, Keith. First half, he was a guy who was not – I didn't think all that engaged, didn't want to shoot a lot of the, the stuff that we've seen from him of late. In the third quarter, he decided, I'm going to take it to the rack, and it was actually effective. But then in the fourth quarter, Jacques Vaughn says, in the last nine minutes, we're pulling you. So two things out of that. One, they go on a run. And two, it's clear he's scared to death to have that guy on the floor if the Sixers started fouling him. So it gives me your impressions of just the way he played. You know what? I agree. Now, here's the thing. I felt like he did well on the defensive end against Embiid, um, particularly early. Yep. But I, I think a lot of that had to do with Embiid being so overly hyped that he wanted to uh, embarrass Ben to where it got to a point where, you know, it's kind of like a wide receiver who's like has a breakaway. And instead of focusing on catching the ball, he's already thinking about what his celebration is going to be. And he drops it. You know what I mean? I felt like that's what Embiid was doing. Um, but then again, like you guys, you know, it got to a point where he's saying, okay, well, he's starting to find his rhythm, find his groove. The one thing that, that struck me odd, and, and I guess it kind of led to it, is that typically in the NBA, the guys that you close with normally don't start the fourth quarter. And you saw mm-hmm. Ben Simmons out there, and you saw him exerting a lot of energy. And I'm saying to myself, like, wow, is he going to play this whole game? Mm-hmm. And then he takes them out. And then you're like, hmm. Well, they came back and that was kind of like they played loose. They played free. And, you know, you you can't argue against the move. But at the same time, it says a lot about what Jock thinks of Ben Simmons at this particular time that he really can't trust him on the floor. Keith, um, I had mentioned to Rob and Barrett during uh, the game last night, especially in the fourth quarter, you know, body language says a lot, you know, in a lot of cases. And I'm looking at Embiid, man, and I don't know if it's because he's considered the elite player in this position in the game, but he just looked like he was worn down, man. Like, you know, there are times when he just looks like he's – I don't want to use the term out of shape. I'm not going to question his, his – but he looked like he was kind of out of shape, looked like he was just worn down, just beat up. Do you get that feeling sometimes when you watch him? I do, I do. But I also, you know, I, I feel like, you know, his foot is bothering him. Um yeah. You know, he the, the problem and, and I kind of had a feeling going into this game that he was going to look that way okay. because they asked Jock Vaughn. And, 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 and it was funny because I whispered to um, one of my friends who covered the team, uh, cover Brooklyn, and they asked Jock Vaughn. They said, with MB, he's such an opposing player. How do you go up against him? And he says, well, we got to do certain different things. We got to get them in certain situations. And to me, what that meant was what the Boston Celtics have mastered is you turn the game into a track meet. Mm. You just keep running back and forth, running, running, running. And because, you know, MB isn't like, I'm not saying he's out of shape, but he's not in the perfect condition to these guys, he gets tired. And I felt like that's what happened. And as he gets tired, his shot, he starts shooting from a low percentage. Um, on defense, he's not 
able to make those quick adjustments. And then you saw what you saw him like leaning over, lumbering. And when you got a guy like Nick Claxton, let's face it, he's probably 100 pounds less than Embiid. Mm-hmm. You got Ben Simmons who weighs considerably less than Embiid. The only the thing that they can do to him is just keep making them run back and forth to the rim. And I and I feel like that's where, you know, Embiid has to work on his conditioning when he plays against these type of teams because that's the only um, defense that they have against them. You think yeah. the foot has a lot to do with that? I think the foot does bother him. I, I think that has something to do with him. Like if you notice there was a time when he jumped and he landed and then he tweaked his foot. Yep. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I think it does. I mean, I'm about to butcher the word, but we – but we have to remember, he started the season with the uh, plantar fasciitis, yeah. right? Yep. So it's one of those things where they tried to keep it a secret, but then it got to a point that it came out. And, you know, that's one of those things that just don't mysteriously go away, right? Yeah. And then yeah. after the game, he did have his foot wrapped up. Mm. I also think, too, Keith, and, and look, at the end of the day, his his line was still pretty decent, but and he could say what he wants. He 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 said, oh, it's just the next opponent. I didn't care. He was so wrapped up in trying to stick it to Ben early. He was missing a lot of stuff that he doesn't normally miss. I thought. Like I actually, you know, when he would get in the mismatches with Ben and try and take him to the rack, like he was missing inside shots that he typically doesn't miss. Did you get that sense that he was just more in stick at the Ben mode than win the game mode early? Oh yeah, no, no, no doubt. I mean, it got to a point where <laughs> You know, everything that Doc Rivers and all of them say about we want the ball movement, we want the perfect shot, a lot of those shots weren't good. I mean, there was mm-hmm. one time where he hit a – he tried to attempt a turnaround three on Ben, right, a turnaround three yeah. after he lost the ball. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he he's pound, pound, jumping up and throwing up some crazy stuff. So, yeah, you're right. He can say what he wants, but it, it was all about not only do I want to score on this guy – I want to embarrass this guy, and and that's where he messed up on, on several several times. Keith, can you talk about this this being a quality win? We we've been talking about how the Sixers are running through the also rans in the NBA, and for the life of me, I can't believe that there's that many bad teams in the NBA this year. But they've been running through a lot of the also rans in the NBA. But I think this steps up um, the, the respect factor for this team when you beat a team like Brooklyn, because Brooklyn closed the gap a number of times, could have won this game. Sixers held them off. Yeah. Yeah. Now, again, this Brooklyn team is a completely different team when KD isn't there. Absolutely. So we have to, we have to acknowledge that. But again, you got Kyrie Irving who was lighting them up, you know, son-in-law, I call him Seth Curry. You know, he, you know, he's, he's a good player in his own right. You know what I mean? For what he does. And I do feel like this was a, a quality win because yeah. you know you you got to you got to a point where you know as much as um you know DeAnthony Melton had three blocks and and a steal you know um, Kyrie Irving was basically getting wherever he wanted to be at on yeah. the floor yeah. you know so for the Sixers to be able to do this and in the fashion that they did you know I, I really like because look at James Harden he struggled for three quarters and then yeah. once they tied the game. You know, James Harden ended up scoring eight of the Sixers' final 17 points. Mm-hmm. So big baskets by him. Matisse Schiavo played well. So to me, yes, this was a quality win. And and you look at Tyrese Maxey, he played well too. So, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, of them beating all the also-rans, yep. this was a, a, a good quality win over a team that's, 
you know, in the top four in the East. Yeah, that it was it was a weird game, Keith, where you just felt like they couldn't put him away, man. Kyrie was getting what he wanted. Seth Curry was all over the place. But the Sixers did keep making plays when they had to make them. That was what was so encouraging about Hard in the fourth, man. I mean, even a couple times like where you don't see it necessarily that much anymore, but go to the going to the rack and being able to finish in, in addition to a couple clutch jump shots. Mm-hmm. He was he was really big in that game. I mean, as if there's any question who won that trade, right? But he was really, really big uh, in, in the clutch moments. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and that's the funny part because everybody keeps saying who won the trade, who won the trade, who oh, won please. the trade. You yeah. know, the, the thing is, it's funny because Harden, he used to always say, I have to learn when to pick my spots. I didn't learn when I need to pass the ball and when I need to take over. And I'm saying, and he used to say that, and I'm like, dude, how, why is that so hard? Like, you know what I mean? What are you talking about? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you've been playing ball your whole life and you don't know when to do that. And now you figure out that now you know what he means. Because the Sixers are at their best when he's distributing the bot, uh, distributing the rock. Mm-hmm. You know, Joel Embiid is at his best when James Harden is like, you know what, y'all, I love y'all, but I got to give him the ball the most of the time, right? Mm-hmm. Keep everybody healthy. But then it always seems it comes to a point, and it's been that way recently, where late in the games they need James to make a big shot, and he's been able to answer for him you know, most often than not recently. And, and, and that's what you're saying is like, he's coming up big and he's actually showing why the Sixers won the trade. I mean, it's one of those things where this guy, they're really successful when he has a lot of assists, but also this was a game where he struggled for three quarters, but he was able to turn around and produce. And that's why they won the trade. Keith, is it time for those of us on the outside looking in to get off Doc Rivers back, at least for now, with what he's been able to do, he's got a center who's playing on a gimpy foot, but they've still won six in a row. We all agree it was a quality win last night, even though Durant didn't play. You look at how he's working the pieces, moving the chess pieces around. Should we get off his back at least temporarily? You know what? I, I think you may have to. And, and, and the reason being is there's something, and, and I know like people are going to say, Hey, it's the players, it's this and that. But when you think of how this guy has overcome all these injuries, you think yeah, of yeah. the one move that he made. A lot of people were thinking, like, you know, did he have the heart to, to uh, readjust the starting lineup? Right now, the 76ers starting lineup of with Melton out there is 12-3. and three. Cool. With Tyrese Maxey in the starting lineup, they're 3-5. and five. So that takes a lot of heart to be able to do that and say we're going to do it. So he has made some moves. And if you remember in the preseason, the video went viral when he told James Harden, it's not a democracy. You have to give the ball to Joel Embiid. Harden is doing that now, and look at how successful they are. So mm-hmm. I, I, I do think that while you know Doc is Doc, he's going to stay with people longer than he should at times. People are going to question, you know, his um, his his some of the plays and some of the things they do. But at the end of the day, this team has won 19 of their last 23 games. They they had a five game winning streak on the road. Mm-hmm. That's something that they haven't done since '84, right. right? So I think that you know I don't know if Mike D'Antoni could have done that. I don't mm-hmm. know if if Ty Lue could have done that. Brett Brown. So you have to give Doc his credit. Mm. Keith, what, what do you think they learned about themselves on that road trip that, you know, they ripped off the five games. They win the last one without Embiid and hard against the Kings team that, if you, you know, I know people think it's the old school Kings team. They're yeah. much better. 
Um, do, you th- do you think they, they you know, kind of grew and learned about themselves a little bit, getting away and doing what they did? I think they learned that they got it, that, that, that the guys have a team. I, I think that, you know, in, in a way, I, I, and what I mean by that is, you know, James and Joel didn't play. And these guys came in and Doc, like, basically utilized all of them for the most part, the ones who played. You know, he did offensive defense. He had certain guys playing in certain situations, and they all contributed in their own way. And I think that when you have games like that, it keeps everyone hungry. It also keeps them, um, keeps them to a point where they realize, hey, I do matter on this team, you know, because they basically learned that they're deep. Now, another thing is they also learned that, okay, we can get in certain situations against Portland, for example, where he asked the bigs, y'all got to come up. Y'all can't stay back. You have to come up. And they realized by being out of position that what they, how they impacted the game against Dame Lillard. You know, we all talk about what Matisse Seibel did, but also guys like um, you know, like George Niang, guys like Joel, guys like Montrez, they all came up and was setting that wall to where he couldn't go. So to me, it's like that was more of letting these guys know overall as a team that you all matter and we mm-hmm. and we can win games, you know? Hey, Keith, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Tyrese Maxey is the one that asked Doc to say, I'd rather come off the bench for now. And obviously it's worked out well. Do you think that's going to be status quo the rest of the way, or is he just too electric? At some point, you're going to have to get him back into that starting rotation. Yeah, I don't know how much that's true. <laughs> like, like, I don't know, dude. Like, come on, man. Y'all been around pro athletes longer than me. I don't know too many guys say that. Now, I, it's a great story, though, right? So <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's a great story. But, um, but you know, I, I think right now it, it, it's status quo. But if I'm okay. Tyrese Maxey, if I'm Tyrese Maxey, to me, I'm using that as motivation um, to, like, we all see, we all know he works on his shot. Like, one summer, he worked on his three, and look at his three now. Yeah. To me, my focus going into this summer is is turning out and becoming the best defensive guard that I can become. Mm-hmm. Because, let's face it, if we think that, you know, right now, you just can't have Tyrese and James in the lineup mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Um, starting lineup because it becomes a turnstile. But if you go out here and you try to tell me that you got a guard out there on that on the Sixers who is better than Tyrese, beside you could might argue James, you could say James, mm-hmm. but outside of James is better than him. You don't have that. So to me, right now, I think if, if, if you're adding mm-hmm. defense out there, a depth in the starting lineup, but at the same time. I don't think you can you can go in the next season saying we're going to bring Tyrese off the bench. Tyrese just has to become a better defender. Yeah, okay. I, I'm with you, Keith. I don't know that it's a long term thing, but man, I'm old enough to remember Vinnie Johnson and some of those guys who used to yeah. just explode yeah. off the bench. Oh, yeah. I love that you have that element, man. You just he just comes out with fire, and and you saw it again last night. He puts a spark in the whole building and the whole team when he comes out that way, and they haven't had that in forever off the bench. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're right. I mean, he could, he, you know, that that's the, with the Jamal Crawford, that's yeah. all that other things. But you know what? The funny thing about today's basketball, it's kind of like, you know, you don't want to get pigeonholed into that, right? Like, for instance, like, mm. and, and to me, $8 million is a lot of money. But if you're like the sixth man of the year, that's what you're talking about. But if you're like a starter and you're doing all this, then you could probably get some max money. 
So guys don't want to come off the right. bench because it. it's like that's the difference between $22 million, you know, so they don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, you know, it, it, it's a good thing. But when I look at it, like Vinny Johnson microwave was, was, was great, but microwave was not better than Joe Dumars, nor was he better than Isaiah. Thomas. You that's know true. what I mean? Yep. And when you're looking at this situation, like, like Lou will, as good as Lou Will was, yeah. you know, people forget the person that he would have to beat out with the Sixers would have been Allen Iverson. That wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where when you look at this Maxi situation, he is better than all the guards on the team besides James Harden. And so that's where I think that in his situation is different. Yeah. Yeah. And they're fortunate that he's, let's face it, he's got the mindset where he's willing to, you know, deal with it. And maybe he wasn't volunteering for it, but at least he, he's not going to be pouting and, you know, giving you a hard time. He, he's not a diva yeah, in that yeah. sense. So Doc mm-hmm. knows that he's a guy he can kind of tap for that, you know, and that's going to work. So I give him a lot of love for that. Uh, looking at the at the conference here, and, and you know, we saw Brooklyn. We know they're without Durant for a little while longer at least. But you throw Boston in there. You throw Milwaukee in there. You have to consider Cleveland as well. And, and Miami's been better of late too. Uh, when, when, when you look at it, is this Sixers team better than what we've seen the last few years where they couldn't quite get over that one hump, Keith, or are they you're still be, to be determined in the, in, the, in the mix for the East? You know what? I, I think they're getting better. I, I, I do. I mean, here, here's the thing. At, at first, I was thinking that, um, like, I, I think that the Sixers are, they could get better, but I, but I think they're a dangerous team. I do. I think if Harden continues to play the way he is, right, if if uh and if, if if they can get like if Matisse and all them can continue to do what they're doing, they're an extremely dangerous team. I'm looking at Boston right now, and I don't know if Boston is getting bored, but Boston is like dropping these games that they should not lose. Right. right? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the same thing with Milwaukee doing a little bit of certain things. Um uh so I, I feel like the 76ers. They can be in the hunt. Now, again, I don't know what it's going to be like right now, at like what they're going to do if all teams are healthy, seven-game series. But I think that I have more faith in the Sixers that they'll make it way more competitive than I did a month ago. You know what I mean? I just feel like the Sixers are a dangerous team right now. And I don't like what I'm seeing from Boston. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it just seems like the Celtics, maybe they're tired, they're bored but I see a little bit of regression. You know what I mean? Like, like they, they've lost all three of their games to the Orlando magic this year. Like yeah. so you're clearly not focused. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, is some of that uh, a first year coach who maybe isn't accustomed to some of the you know, peaks and valleys that you get sometimes? You know what I, you know, it, it's weird because I, I don't think it should be, it, it should be upon, the, uh, you know, it should be the first year's coach's fault. I mean, when you have a guy who you got a team, you basically brought back the whole team that went to the finals a year ago. You have Jason Tatum, who is, you know, uh, MVP uh, candidate, um, you know, probably going to beat Joel out for an all-star starter. Mm-hmm. You know, he should take it upon himself. You got Al Horford, you know, Jalen Brown. I mean, you have a lot of guys. I mean, this coach, no, 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 I hate keep going back to bad uh, football analogies, but he should be like Barry Switzer with the Dallas Cowboys. Just mm-hmm. let him go. Nice. You know what I mean? It, yeah. it, that's what it should be like, um, you know, because the team is the best team in, in the league, but these guys have to take it upon themselves to get up 
against the the you know the the lower teams in the, in the league. Hey Keith, up to this point, who do you think the biggest surprise has been for the 76ers? The biggest surprise you talking in regards to a player being productive, yeah, productive, you know, maybe you didn't expect to get much out of him and give you a little bit more. We're on either end of the court for that matter. Wow, the biggest surprise I would have to say is in 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 regards to a play. Now, this might sound crazy, okay? Because this guy is a starter, and he was asked to be um, a fourth star, or whatever. But the way the things that Tobias Harris has been able to do okay. for them has been a surprise for me. And and the reason me I'm saying that is like for fourth option, you know, he's a guy that we always said he couldn't defend. He needed the ball in his hands to excel, but it just seems like his defense has gotten better, right? It also seems like that, you know, he's mastering the catch and shoot. It also seems like, and also when guys aren't playing, he's able to lead them in scoring. Now, we all know that he's making that much money and he's doing things, but I think that for the role that he's had, he's made it, in my opinion, to a guy that you have to think uh, long and hard on, do I really want to trade this guy? Because do I have somebody else that's going to be able to come in and give me what he's given? And when you look at last night's game, I mean, he had a quiet, what, 19 points on 7 for 11 mm-hmm. shooting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, he stepped up when need be. So, to me, beforehand, I was looking at him like, he can't stand in the corner and do anything. He can't defend. But now it just seems like he's he's doing he having some games where he's defending well and he shot seven for 11 as the fourth option. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. right, Keith, last one for me uh, in watching Ben up close and personal last night, is he, is this what he is? Seven, six and six guy. Is he still a work in progress? You know, is he the guy you gotta, you gotta hide for nine minutes of the game. I mean, what, what is he at this point? You know, that's tough. Like, and unless he, he, he has like a look in the mirror and decides what he wants to do, this could be it for him. You know, like, you know, I didn't like, I didn't like, now maybe, maybe he, uh, he didn't want to say anything to the media, um, but I didn't like his response to being benched. It was kind of sort of like, you know what, as long as we're winning, you know, the, the, you know, the coach does what he does. I don't have a problem with it. You know, I feel like when you're like a guy who's a three-time all-star and we're looking at you as a transcendent player, you should be unhappy that you didn't play. Mm-hmm. You should be. And I feel mm-hmm. like, and, and I have to commend Jock Vaughn because you know what? Right now you'll find out, like, I think the answer to your question, Ben Simmons can determine that, but yeah. he can determine it by saying, I don't want to be benched in Philadelphia of all places. Right. right. Or, or am I happy with this? Because, you know, that's something that, you know, for a star player to be benched like that, you know, either you get with it and you become more aggressive or you just, like you said, you become a seven, five, five type of player. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like, you know, it's trending that way, mm-hmm. but it's up to him to wake up and, 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 and be become more aggressive. Yeah. Keith, good stuff, man. Uh, you, man. Keith on Twitter at Pompeii on Sixers and of course, inquire.com. Uh, best in the business of doing it. Keith, we, we appreciate it, man. Thanks for a couple minutes. Appreciate you, bro. Thanks for having me, y'all.
All right, yep. take care, Keith. All right, let's get a quickie in here, Gunner. We'll come back and we will speak with former Eagle Quentin Michael. We'll talk to him about the birds, uh, what this matchup looks like with the 49ers. We'll dig into the other game as well in the AFC. We're looking forward to talking to Quentin when we come back. Don't go anywhere. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Right now I'm telling you about Razor technology. Yes, with threat vectors evolving, it's never been more important to monitor all the changes in your work environment and set up automated alerts for when something violates an existing policy. Get visibility into the pivotal changes happening to your systems and networks with IT support from Razor Technology. Change management is an end-to-end solution for tracking changes across all the systems and networks for your business administrators so that it has transparency into who is making changes with enough time to respond to take corrective action if necessary. And unauthorized user, device, or application doesn't need very long. Keep that in mind. doesn't take very long to cause some serious financial and reputational damage to an organization by altering, damaging, or stealing sensitive data. That's why Razor Technology uses real-time change detection to catch malicious actors in minutes, not days, or weeks. Contact Razor Technology today to learn how their managed IT services can protect and enhance your business. Give them a call at 866-797-3282. That's 866-797-3282. Or visit them online at Razor-Tech.com. That's Razor-Tech.com. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event. Weather forecasting is a team game. We rely on each other every day, updating the models and passing along new critical information. We have a team of five experienced meteorologists and a specialized weather producer, Paul. Say hi, Paul. Sometimes what I see in the model, Cecily could see something different. That's when we come together as a team to make our most accurate prediction. And all of this backed by more than 100 AccuWeather scientists. It's a team game. And we have the best team in town. Eagles fans, Tom Giordano from Pondley Hockey Giordano. Who's ready to get another one of these? 
But first, we got to take care of business and beat the 49ers this Sunday. Look, we know ticket prices are super expensive and really hard to get, so we're giving you an opportunity to win two free tickets to the NFC Championship game. So go to our Instagram right now for your chance to win two free tickets to the NFC Championship game this Sunday. And as always, thanks for watching the Pondley Hockey Post Game Show. Go Birds! Post Game Show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post Game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Right, welcome back in, everybody. Happy, happy Thursday, one and all. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, Sports Day, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Gunner, before we get to Quentin, let's hit the people with a couple of uh, news items here. Wow. Uh, Greg yeah. Reich, according to Ian Rappaport and several, several other outlets, uh, is being named the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, so Frank Reich gets that gig after, you know, something didn't end all that pretty in, in, in Indianapolis. So Wright gets the gig there. Nathaniel Hackett hired as the OC yeah. in New York for the Jets, which has a lot of people speculating that that's where Aaron Rodgers is headed because yep. those two are so close. So anyway, Frank Reich, head coach at the Panthers, and Nathaniel Hackett goes as the OC to the Jets. All right, let's bring on our next guest. And, man, what a what a good what a, what a What a tough player he was for the Birds, man. And you can follow him on Twitter, at QMichael27. Quentin Michael, what's up, Quentin? How you doing, man? What's going on, Rob? D Gun, how you guys doing? Good and you, man. Good to talk to you again, man. I'm, I'm glad you're doing well. Um, everything's good. Now, yeah. Gut, Gutter, I know you used to coach with my buddy Danny Klecko. You guys were were yeah. were, uh, were partners in in uh, in the youth coaching scene, but you made a little change, huh? No longer in the uh, in in the Philly area. Yeah, you know, it, it was funny um, coaching with with Clack. He's he's uh, as intense as a as a father slash coach as he was as a player. So it was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, recently, um, and as as recent as August, uh, me and my family just kind of picked up and and moved to the Northwest. We're in, in Boise, Idaho, and um, you know, kind of kind of nice being back around my roots. And you know, just just wanted to change it up and get the family some different perspectives and different adventures out here in the Northwest. Mm. So it's been a great move for us. We've been enjoying it. It's been tough, um, you know, moving away from everyone, our family and friends, but it's, it's been, it's been fun. Now, now is your, is your wife from Boise? No, she's from Jersey. So okay. you can imagine how tough that is. You know, Jersey I was gonna say, cause you're, you're from new Orleans. You live in South Jersey all this time and you go back to your college roots. And I was going <laughs> to, what, what made you decide to go back there of all the places you could have possibly gone? Because I, you know, I'm in a similar situation. My wife's from California and I've been dragging her all and I'm from Wisconsin. I've dragged her all over the country for the last four decades. So I'm curious as to why you went back to Boise. Well, you know, when we decided to move, <clears throat> a lot of it was, um, you know, just being being in, in that area for so long. Um, you kind of get kind of stuck in a rut and kind of doing the same old thing over and over again. And, um, you know, I went to high school out in Eugene, Oregon. So, I'm, I'm you know, I've, I've been in the Northwest for, for quite a while. And um, we looked at all these different places. We were looking at Florida. We were looking at Texas, Tennessee, just all these different areas to move just to, you know, just to figure out what our next step was going to be. And, um, you know, a lot of our friends, a lot of my friends, especially and, and friends of 
my you know my friends' wives and stuff are, are really close yeah. with my wife, and so we were like we wanted to go somewhere where we had kind of a, a network and had some friends already there and some things kind of popping around. So um, we just just decided Boise, and uh, you know we, we couldn't be happier. You want to pay those Jersey taxes. Exactly. (laughs) Get a little more for your bang for your buck for housing, too. That's for sure. Um, Quentin uh, played for the Birds from 03 to 2010, of course, and uh, finished up his NFL career with St. Louis and then Carolina. I'll I'll start with that. You finished in Carolina. What what do you think about Frank Reich being the – Name the new Panther coach, quick. Yeah, that's crazy. I actually just just found that out from you guys. And, uh, I, you know, the way things went down in uh, Indianapolis, it was really tough for for him. Frank's a great guy, a great coach. And, um, you know, he had a down year. It was it was really sad to see that because, you know, you have so much respect for the guy. So I'm glad he's in Carolina. He's going to do a tremendous job with that program. And, um, you know, I, I, Charlotte, I played there my last year. It was, it's one of my favorite um, stops in my career. I love the city. The people are awesome. The fans are awesome. The um, the the team, the organization, all the people that work there um, is awesome. So he's going to be great coach there. He's going to enjoy it there, and I think he's going to do a great job. Awesome, awesome. Well, I, I got to ask you about the Eagles, man. Uh, this is a it's a tough task they have in front of them. This Niners team's on fire right now. Really good defensively. Weapons galore on the offensive side of it, and. You know, this is, you know, a game where the Eagles have got to be on their A game. What do you think about this contest? Yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, I think the one thing that's that really has um, that the this defense, especially going against this offense, has going for them is they don't really have like a, a pure number one threat outside. A lot of the um, mm-hmm. the way that they're able to manufacture points and scoring and moving mm-hmm. the ball is all through the system. So in a game like this is a safety, a former safety and, and a linebacker is going to be very important for these guys to play discipline, read their keys, and not necessarily believe everything you see. Um, they're going to kind of tip their hand at some point. And so this is one of those games where if they, if the defense comes out and plays, you know, plays discipline, read their keys, but also play aggressive, because um, that's one, one other thing when you play a team like this is that when you get all these different movements and, and boot actions and cross boots and, you know, all these different things coming at you, it, t- it tends to make you kind of freeze up and stop what you're doing, and that's what they're banking on. So if they play smart and aggressive and read their keys, they should be just fine. Q, from a defensive perspective, when you look at the Niners' arsenal of weapons, this is the best array of weapons the Eagles will face all season long. Who worries you the most? Um, By far, Kittles. <laughs> I think I was reading a stat. Like, he's 19 for 19 last couple games that uh, he's he's played against this, this Eagles defense. Not necessarily this Eagles defense, but mm-hmm. so he he is um, by far the biggest threat for us because he's a matchup problem. He's big, he's strong, he can block, he can catch the ball, he can run after the catch. And so he's going to be um, someone that a young quarterback like Purdy is going to be looking towards for. Mm-hmm. And also like that nickel, you know, middle of the field linebacker position has kind of been like a weak spot a little bit for us. So yeah. I think Kittles is going to be probably the biggest threat. And guy, if they're able to limit his catches and limit his targets, um, I think the Eagles will be fine on this defense. Mm. Who's the guy? You know, th- we were talking about it earlier, Quentin, and and you know, we're concerned about the middle of the field. You know, mm. whether it's Kittle, whether it's McCaffrey, you know, Debo is 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 you know phenomenal in that in that space too. Yeah. Do the Eagles have the the, the personnel to be able to contain that at least in your estimation? And and if so, who are the guys that you would you know look to in those matchups? Yeah, I think I think the linebacking core, the middle of the field can be um, 
can be an can't stop this. I think it's going to be key. You have Kaiser White, who's very athletic, can run with those guys, but he's kind of up and down with his play. He kind of gets lost at times. Mm-hmm. He gets his eyes in the backfield. He takes false steps. So he's got to be really, really on key with with his keys this game and, and make sure he's not over, um, over, you know, jumping and overplaying certain things. Um, and I also think TJ is going to be uh, he's going to be vital in terms of the run game. He's got to be able to play downhill. He's got to be able to get off blocks because it's going to be a lot of zone run. Mm-hmm. He's going to be moving lateral. He's got to move lateral and then vertical, like right away. So um, I think they have the key. I think they have the players that can can um, stop that. And obviously the nickel position with CJ and um, sometimes with Josiah. And, and Fonte's practicing today, by the way. Yeah. Sorry oh, is he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good news because yeah. going to need him, um, especially, if, you know, they're putting – I can see them putting um, McCaffrey in the slot. I mean, we've had issues in the past in the slot position, so that's good to, to hear that Devontae Manis is playing. So, or he's practicing. So, um, I think they can. I can. I think they can do it. I think they'll be fine. You played against a number of, of the dual threat quarterbacks. Obviously, it's evolved much more so in the last few years than when you played. But when you look at the problems that a Jalen Hurts can present, break break it down for me. What problems he can present for a very uh, technically sound 49ers defense. Well, <clears throat> I, I've I've had a I've been a big fan of Jalen for a while, and we've always been saying that the the biggest um, worry was can he um, consistently throw the ball in the right spot? Can he throw it on time? Can he find the open guy? Can he um, manage the game and and you know spread the ball around? And he's been doing that all this season. So um, it's it's been wonderful to see a player like him. The toughest way, the toughest thing to stop him is now that he has he has weapons now, right? So, um, you know, he can run the ball, he can hand the ball off, he can throw on the run, he can throw from the pocket, he can throw the ball deep, he can throw the ball timing over the middle. So he presents a huge threat for this team. And I know this defense is very good, but on the outside, I don't think their corners are as good as our receivers. I don't think they can hold up on the outside. So I think it's going to be really key how he throws the deep ball outside the numbers this week. Mm. what's your approach to a, a, a rookie like that? Like with a guy like Purdy as a, as a defense individually, whatever the case may be, he's a guy who's been pretty to his credit, pretty steady. Right. Mm-hmm. But this is a different environment. It's a different animal. When you come into this, you step into this place for sure. In this, in this setting, do you do anything differently? Or you just play your game. Like what, what, what do you do here against a guy like that? Attack, attack, attack. Um, you know, and and I've on our show uh, with me and Jason Avant Q and A, um, we we've been talking for the last two years. I feel that um, you know Gannon, although last last week he was uh, he did blitz a little bit more and he did get more aggressive. If if I'm coming in this game, I got a young quarterback, first time on the road against a, a good, very good defense, top to mm-hmm. bottom, mm-hmm. Um, in the NFC Championship game. I'm attacking him. I'm coming after him because. You don't want him to get – first of all, you don't want him to get comfortable. That's right. You don't want him to feel um, like he can play in this game. You want to make him doubt himself early. And you do that by changing up the coverages. You do that by aggressively um, blitzing every now and then. You do that by having different exotic looks from your front. And and that's how you affect this game. And, you know, even, even when I watched the Seattle game with Purdy, like he did have some nice plays. But Seattle, there was a couple of times where like Bruce Irvin had him – kind of pinned up and he let him escape and he found uh, McCaffrey in the flat for like one, I think one or two times for a touchdown. And so I think two things you have to do, you have to play tight coverage 
um, especially with the linebacker play. For the, if, if it's a pass or a boot and the line and a, a running back kind of leaks out to the the edge of the um, defense, we need to clamp down on that right away. And we need to get after it with our front and with some exotic blitzes and change ups with the coverages. I think that's how I would attack them. Okay. In a, in a game like this, you know, teams sit and analyze each other, and, and you 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 think you can pick up on tendencies and things like this. But outside of the quarterbacks, this this is a matchup that's that's basically even across the board in a lot of ways. Do you expect to see a, a plays of deception? You know. You know, you think I think you're going to see a little bit more trickery in this game more so than you would if you've watched both of these teams closely all season long. Yeah, especially with this with this um, Niners offense, um, Shanahan's a kind of a master at um, putting guys in different places. Like he'll mm-hmm. he'll motion um, uh, Debo into the backfield and hand the ball off to him. Um, he'll he'll put McCaffrey out in the slot. He'll he'll put Kel, uh, Kittles out um, flexed out like a number one receiver. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely going to be a lot of trickery this game um, and not necessarily with, you know, flea flickers and trick plays like that. Although right. I do think they're going to see some of that, but it's going to be a lot of thinking for this defense where you're going to have to be kind of on top of it of, you know, who's where, where are they lining up? What are they trying to do? Oh, you got to snap the ball. Now we got to go. And I do think the Eagles offense and, and I like um, Stike and I think he's very, very smart. And I think he picks and chooses when he gets, um, you know, aggressive and, and kind of gets tricky. And I, I think, I've seen some things where I'm hoping moving into this week that we can take advantage of this this defense because they are a good defense, but they can be had. And so mm-hmm. um, I'm excited for it. I think there's going to be some some really cool stuff we're going to see in this game from both teams. They can be had, uh, where do you think, downfield, uh, secondary, maybe a little bit of a weakness for them? Quentin? Yeah, the secondary, the corner, the corner positions on both sides are, I would say, our best, uh, our best chance to attack them. I think mm-hmm. down the field, um, those guys don't hold up. And I think I think I saw another stat where um, versus the deep ball, this is probably where they are not very good at um, and definitely down the middle. So I'm thinking outside of the numbers, down the field, down the middle of the field, that's where we should be attacking. And mm. they, the Eagles team has the weapons to do that. Do you stay in close contact with the Eagles organization in a lot of ways? Every time I talk to a lot of former <laughs> players, they do. Do you or, or no? Um, no, not really. Like there's a few, okay. there's a few guys that I talk to, um, in the building and never not every now and then, um, you know, I'll, I'll shoot a text to one of the guys like BG or somebody like that, yeah. you know, that, that I, I still kind of talk to, but you know, um, my personality is, is not the type to, you know, always kind of be around in, in yeah. everyone's yeah. business. So I kind of enjoy it from afar. What, um, you know, it's been an amazing year for them, 14-3 and three in the regular season, then you win that game. What, what has surprised you the most about the Eagles' success this year? I think two things. The, 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 well, to me, the, the biggest things on the, um, the defensive side of the ball is how the play of the, the defensive front has been. I know these guys were good, and I know they were um, – they've all been stars at other places. They've been stars with this Eagles team. But what they've all been able to do and to do it collectively – um, with this front, this front four, five, six, however many they are, and that there was no egos. Everybody kind of, um, you know, came together as a unit. And a lot of times, when you have all these superstars in one position, it can kind of get a little chippy. But everybody's celebrating each other. So the way this defensive line has come together and, and dominated has been amazing to me. And also, the the growth of Jalen Hurts has been great for me, and, and it's been awesome to see. Um, and the confidence and the leadership that I've seen him exude has been a great surprise, and it's been awesome to watch. 
Hey, hey, Q, look look at the way this roster was assembled, you know, from the free agency acquisitions to the draft picks and, and, and how he kept adding pieces, training camp, and even in the regular season. D does this team compare to any team you played for in Philadelphia in terms of just depth, or is it that much better than any team you played with? I mean, in terms of depth, aside from a couple positions, this has probably been the best best Eagles team assembled ever. I mean, mm. you look wow. at there's there's stars all up and down this this roster. And we had some some good players, especially the years right. when we went to the Super Bowl and we were good. We yeah. had some really good players. But I mean Devontae, uh AJ, uh, you know, you know, BG, you got Sweat, you got Fletcher, you got um CJ. I mean it's just all across the board the way that Howie and his team has put together this this roster has been truly amazing. Even when guys go down, I mean guys like Reed Blankenship that yeah. a lot of people probably didn't think was going to be as well. I was really impressed with him stepping in. So I think yeah. the depth and top to bottom, you know, star power, this team has it all. And this is probably the, the best um, team on paper that the Eagles have, have ever had. What was when you were here when when Howie was here? What was your relationship like with him? Are you surprised that he's evolved into to this guy who's put together that kind of roster? So I, yeah, I was. So when I was um, here, Joe Bannon was still here. Howie, yeah, Howie, Howie was, was in the building. Ball. He was kind of more like with the contracts and stuff. Yeah. Um, I did work for the Eagles one year when I was um, when it was uh, Doug's first year. I did uh, director of player player engagement for the team. Okay. Um, and <clears throat> so like I didn't really have a whole lot of experience with him. Prior to that one year, I worked for the Eagles. So, but I think, um, you know, seeing his growth and, and I will say, well, I will say this when I was in the building, um, it was, I wasn't, I'm just things I was, it was not my department. So I had nothing mm. to, say, to say with it. But a lot of the decisions that were made that, you know, we would heard in the media and as players not in the, not privy to those meetings was that a lot of the decisions were based on uh, quote unquote analytics. Right. And so right. I kind of had this, um, you know, most old school players, guys like me, we have not a disdain for it, but there's a, there has been kind of a, um, a split between like actually watching the tape and seeing what a guy can do on film and then kind of looking at the analytics and going from there. So yeah. I think what, how he's done really well is kind of blended those two um, taking um, ideas and thoughts and and um, you know uh, I'm blanking on the word but Mixing anything that, from the football side and he's yeah. taking all the analytic stuff and kind of putting it together and making the best decision I think that's been um, that's why this team is put together the way it is and I think that's been great for this organization hey, back in your day you guys had to deal with Joe Banner when you had to sit across <laughs> the table from him I smile every time I talk to former players they say man Joe Banner make you want to kill him before you got to a contract <laughs> negotiation. What were your, your negotiations like in dealing with a Joe Banner, man? Well, I never really had anything back because when Joe was here, I was basically still a special teams guy. So um, my second, I had a, I was a rookie free agent. And then right. my second, um, my second, I had a, a rookie free agent deal, then a one-year tender. And then my second contract was still kind of based on, a, uh, a special teams type contract. Okay. So okay. I was just happy to be here, man. I came from the bottom. So <laughs> I wasn't, when it came to that stuff, I wasn't really in, you know, in that, but I've heard some horror stories and I've heard some things Ooh, and yeah. some, yeah, I don't want to get into it, but <laughs> I, I, I've heard some stuff about Joe, but I mean, um, it's a business too. Like it, it it's kind of how it is, you know, how do you, how you like in the, uh, the podcast world with, with, with you know, yourself and, uh, and Jason Avant, how you liking that? 
Man, I love it. I love it. It's been fun. And, um, you know, as a player doing some of the media stuff and, and I tried a little bit of it after I retired and it was fun. I enjoyed it. But I do I do love doing the podcast stuff because, first of all, you can wear a sweatshirt, you can yeah. you know, chill, you can be anywhere, you can be traveling and hop on and do your podcast. So I love that part of it. I love the freedom that you have to be able to just kind of um, go your way. And, and if you want to go off on a tangent for 20 minutes. Or if you want to talk about a different sport for a second, yeah. like it's been really, it's been really cool. So I enjoy the freedom and um, I enjoy the experience of being able to still be a part of the game, but still have my own, my own individuality with it. You know, uh, in a lot of ways, I'm surprised that, that you did podcast because you were always a quiet guy in the locker room. You, <laughs> you said what you had to say. You were very respective. You try to answer everybody's questions, but you were not one of these animated guys. You weren't like a, a jokester, like a like a Hugh Douglas or a Brandon Graham type guy. How yeah. long did it take you to get comfortable doing this and to really just unwind and just let it flow the way you do now? Yeah, you know, I I always was was really nice. I, I wouldn't say nice, but I was really honest with the media, and right. I, I think it, it kind of started with that. And then, um, I, like I kind of dabbled in a few things here and there, and then, um. I don't know, just saw one day I just I reached out to Jeff Mosher and I was like, hey, I'm thinking about because I, I started watching podcasts myself sure. and I'm like, sure. I'm seeing everyone kind of telling all their stories and talking about their playing days, but also, you know, the current stuff. And I was like, mm -hmm. I could do that. Let me let me try it. And so, you know, I remember talking to you. you um, yeah. I was on your show a few times and asked a couple questions and I just started learning and watching other people. And Jason's really good. Like, yep. like you said, he's he's very animated. So I think it's a good balance because he's very animated and I'm still can be myself and kind of quiet and reserved. Yeah. Um, and so it it, it it works well. And that's the cool thing about being a podcast is that I can be myself. OK. Funniest guy you ever played with. The funniest? Oh, yeah. man. There's uh, Hugh Douglas by far is probably one of the funniest. Um, Lito Lito Shepard was funny, but he was funny for a different way. He was just funny, just 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 naturally. Like Eccentric, I don't even think yeah. <laughs> good old country, good old country boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So those probably those two are pretty funny. Dog Dog was actually pretty funny too. Really? Yeah. A lot of people, you know, he thought he was he was serious at times, yeah. but every now and then he he'd start cracking jokes and stuff. All right, and this a follow up. You may have just said it. best player uh -huh. you ever played with besides Doc. Maybe if you give okay. me somebody besides Doc. Let me see. Best player. I would say probably the best player was Sheldon Brown. Okay. Um, Sheldon, he he. I don't think he ever got enough credit for how good of a player he was. I mean, he mm. was a, he was a lockdown corner. He was physical. Yeah, he could play. He could play any type of of defense. He could play press. He could play off. Um, he could blitz. Like Sheldon, he's one of my favorite teammates, but also one of the my one of the best players I've been around. That's cool. Guys. All right, let me take you to the other side of the spectrum. Who's a player that you sometimes just make you cringe? You know, uh, to make you think, you know what? If I can make this individual disappear right here, without <laughs> getting caught, I would. <laughs> I don't think I would make them this person disappear, but Derek Burgess scared the living daylights <laughs> out of me. So many people say that. <laughs> <laughs> why? Yo, but why he, though? He he just he's he's one of those guys that he just don't he don't there's no BSing with him. Like you can't you can't joke with him. You can't I remember one time we were out and uh I made a I made a joke about something saying he was a hater. 
And this was, I was a young guy. And like, I think he, I think he really wanted to harm me. Like he really wanted to beat me up. I was like, D-Burge, I'm just kidding, man. Like I ain't calling you hated for real. Like you don't have to stall me out, man. Don't beat me up. Yeah. He was, he was an intimidated guy in that locker room. That, that's for sure. Absolutely, oh, That's man. funny. Uh, all right, last one, Quentin. Who, who wins in the AFC, man? Who who takes the uh, the Bills and the Chiefs matchup? Or oh, that's Bengals a tough Chiefs, one. I, I, I think it, it kind of depends on um, who's going to be available. If if the Chiefs have Miko Hardman yeah. available and um, uh, what's the other guy um, from New York? Um, they uh, traded for him in midseason. Canaries, like, Tony? Uh, Tony, Tony yeah. yeah. If they have those two available, I think that the Chiefs will win because they'll be able to stretch the field and, and get down the field and open up mm-hmm. the middle for um, for for Kelsey. If those two are not playing, I think it's going to be the Bengals strictly because Joe Burrow's playing at a high level. I don't yeah. think there's anyone in the NFL that can, um, you know, really shut Jamar Chase down. The run game, the Bengals' run game is on point, and this offense is just firing all cylinders. So I think it really is key – what's going to be key is who the chiefs have available outside. It's hard to go against Mahomes when he has all his weapons, all right. but I, right. I got the, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so uh, follow Quentin man, and we loved having you on, man. We'd love to have you back. <laughs> Been all to do. Yeah. You Michael 27 <laughs> yeah. and, and tell everybody where they can, they can check out your Q and a podcast with former Eagle, Jason Devon as well. Yeah. yeah so uh, we're on YouTube inside the birds um, Q and a podcast. Um, so if you go on YouTube and, inside the birds you'll find us there um it's their platform but we kind of have our own show on there so mm-hmm. awesome man all right do awesome. a great job man out. great well, job thanks man Thank we you. really appreciate it yeah no problem man thanks for having me on guys it was fun right. have a good Enjoy day Boise. michael uh, kind of <laughs> it was fun man good catching up with him it's been yeah a while. man it's been a while yeah. way overdue yeah all right let, Gunner, let's come back and let's let's react to, to frank reich Let's react to Nathaniel Hackett, what that could be maybe yeah. for Aaron Rodgers going to yeah. the Jets. A lot of NFL news. We'll do that in addition to birthdays and movies and everything we generally do in the last segment. So don't go anywhere. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, we're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. We're right back. Hey, Eagles fans. Tom Giordano from Pondley Hockey Giordano. Who's ready to get another one of these? But first, we got to take care of business and beat the 49ers this Sunday. Look, we know ticket prices are super expensive and really hard to get, so we're giving you an opportunity to win two free tickets to the NFC Championship game. So go to our Instagram right now for your chance to win two free tickets to the NFC Championship game this Sunday. And as always, thanks for watching the Pondley Hockey Post Game Show. Go Birds! Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. 
the best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, owner appreciation event. My name is uh, Fran Soleno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Post Game Show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post Game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. segment of the program. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Thursday. If you missed any of the interviews we did, we had uh, Keith Pompey on a little bit earlier. We just had Quentin Michael on. Just go to jacobsports.com, uh, Jacobsports YouTube channel. All right, Barrett, be back tomorrow. All right, Gunner. so the big news, and we found out right before uh, Quentin came on with us, was that Frank Wright gets the the Panther gig. I mean, Steve Wilkes is out. Um, he had done a really good job once they fired Matt Rule. He says yeah, he will coach, yeah. but it will not be in Carolina. He's not going to stick around to be the defensive coordinator. I don't blame him one day. I don't blame him. No. Uh, what do you think about Reich uh, getting this gig? Well, you know what? There's a lot of history there. He took the first ever snap for that organization back in 1995. He was a starting quarterback for Carolina for three years, you know. So, obviously, uh, sometimes you can go back home. Um, I think Frank will fit in well there. He knows the area there. Um, he, he knows – he knows the ownership there, and Frank is a player's coach. Now, they have some talent. They have to improve. Obviously, they need a quarterback, but they're not that far off from being a, a playoff competitor. You know, they just need a few play- – so I think it's a great situation for him, and I think he deserves an opportunity based on the way he was jettisoned out of uh, uh, Indianapolis. I think, it was, I think it was embarrassing the way they jettisoned him and basically blamed the demise on that team on him, you know, so – Kudos to him. You know, and when he was here, he wasn't here long, but when he was here, very nice, very cordial guy. So I wish him all the best. I hope he has a great measure of success down in Carolina. Plus, the barbecue is on point in Carolina. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, it, one of his issues in Indy, and this is, you know, some of this you can't control. Once Andrew Luck retired, there was like a domino effect. Yeah. Man. yeah. They have got to find the right quarterback there in Carolina. There's some weapons there. They have some nice defense. You know, if he can find the quarterback, whether it's the draft or somewhere else, you know, they got a shot to turn that around quickly because it's not a great division. That's well, South. I, I believe it's they have, open. yeah, I believe they have the ninth overall pick. Yeah. And there's supposed to be some a pretty good uh, de- uh amount of depth at the quarterback position coming right coming out. 
we've seen in recent years how it's such a hit or miss taking a quarterback high in the draft. You know, and hopefully he hits on the guy. Obviously, he's going to have some input, input having played the position and, and mentored the likes of a young Carson Wentz that propelled him to in that conversation of being an MVP before he got injured. You know, so he knows the position. I think he has a good, enough measure of success um, and notoriety that the players will respect him. So, you know, the key is getting that quarterback. You know, who knows? Maybe he can turn Sam Darnold around. I don't know. But, you know, eventually you need that guy as a future, and hopefully they get him. Okay. Uh, well, before we get to Nathaniel Hackett, so Dallas uh, has has made some moves, not Mike McCarthy, but they're not renewing the contract of a bunch of coaches. Rob Davis, who was the yeah. assistant head coach, George Edwards, who was the senior defensive uh, assistant, Leon Lett, assistant defensive line, Skip Pete, running backs, Joe Philbin, offensive line, Kyle Valero, uh, quality mm-hmm. control analytics are all out the door, Gunner. When you fall short of a destination, especially when it's been the same ending story for the Dallas Cowboys organization for decades now, somebody has to take the fall. When you look at the way that game unfolded against the 49ers, um, they had a shot to beat the 49ers in, in, in the 49ers' backyard, and they made too, too many mistakes. And that has been the history. You're not going to blame the quarterback. You're not going to get rid of the quarterback. You owe him too much money. You're not going to blame the wide receivers. And in this case, you can't blame the defense. Defense um, played a great game. So somebody has to take the fall for this. And, you know, Mike McCarthy, you want to save your neck. And I'm sure Jerry Jones had a lot of, and, and Stephen Jones had a lot of input in this. You know, we need a new direction, a new a plan of attack at certain positions. And we have to clean slate and stuff. So I'm not surprised. This happens quite, quite a bit. When a head coach survives, subordinates have to leave when you don't achieve what you expect to achieve when you look at your roster yeah no question about it all right so the the other big news nathaniel hackett bounces back after you know what was just a horrendous situation in denver uh he ends up as the offensive coordinator something he's done very well in his career um but he goes to the new york jets now your first thought is okay uh you know interesting hire but is there more to this are they trying to lure Aaron Rodgers, who we know is a big fan. A lot of people thought before they made the move to get Russell Wilson that Aaron Rodgers may end up uh, being a Denver Bronco. So you think this is a possibility? Because we we had heard Rodgers rumored to that spot even before the Hackett hiring. Well, I have even family members in Wisconsin have been texting me for the last few days talking about, hey, man, this rumor is getting hot and heavy about Rodgers going to the Jets. If the Jets are willing to give up Two first-round draft picks for Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers, if he has the weapons, we know Aaron Rodgers can still be a lethal quarterback. But you have to justify taking his Jordan Love in the first round. And you have to get him a better array of weapons uh, to do that. If the Jets Jets give you two first-round picks and you have your own first-round pick, that's three first-round picks you can do a lot of things with in terms of making the product a lot better sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Jordan Love is played sporadically. Um, and we can say what we want to say, but the one thing about this Packers organization, through the years, they have been, they've done a very good job at one thing, Rob, and that's identifying not multiple, but the quarterback they want to run that ship for them. I mean, think about it. Since 1993, they've only had two starting quarterbacks. Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. No other team can say that. I mean, the Patriots come close, 
But no other team can really say that. You know, so if they figure this Jordan Love has sat on the bench long enough, as Aaron Rodgers did for three years, and it's time to turn him loose, you have to explore that opportunity. Now, obviously, I don't know the clause in Aaron Rodgers' contract. Could he blow up a potential trade like this? I don't know if he has certain no-trade clauses or input where he goes beyond this. But if I'm Aaron Rodgers, and if I want a shot at another Super Bowl, I look at a team like the Jets, number one, you have a pretty good defense. Yep. Number two, you got a good array of weapons. You have mm-hmm. a decent running game. You have a decent offensive line. All they need is that quarterback to possibly get them over the top or get them deeper in the playoff picture. If I'm Aaron Rodgers and I know I'm going to make my money whether I'm here or there. Now you get out of the you get out of the 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 freezer box that is Wisconsin. <laughs> now you, you play cold weather games in New York, but not like you play in Green Bay. Right. And maybe it's time for a change. I mean, you butted heads with the front office. You came to a meeting of the minds, but we on the outside looking in don't know if there's still that invisible tension between certain members of the organization. Maybe it's time to move on and get a fresh start for both parties. Yeah, I, I think it feels like that. You know, it feels like Rodgers will restructure so it's more doable. And I think both parties need to change the scenery. I think it's happening, Derek. I I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what, I never thought I would say this, Rob, because you know how I am about my, my, my Wisconsin team. Yeah. I'm all on board with, with trading Aaron Rodgers for two first round draft picks. Yeah. I think that if you could get that for a guy who's pushing 40, I don't care who yeah. it is, that's yeah. that's well worth it, man. No question. All right. So, uh, Patrick Mahomes practicing again today. Some of the video that I saw, James Palmer, the NFL network, providing some video. He's there covering the, uh, the Chiefs today. Again, these are it's like warm ups and some some little drills and whatnot. But you know he's moving decently. I, I understand it's a different story in the game. You got guys chasing you. You're being thrown to the. I understand. I'm just saying, all things considered, he's moving all right from from what I'm looking at. So positive for the Chiefs for sure. Patrick Mahomes could be in a wheelchair if he's given. Okay, Patrick Mahomes is playing in this game. You know he has that kind of relationship with Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and so on and so forth. And if I'm the organization. Can you stand up? First of all, can you just stand up and balance yourself on two feet? Yeah. We'll figure it out from there, as they did in the second half of that game. They just played. As long as you can stand up, we can make the adjustments. We have the we have the game plans. We have the personnel. And like you said a moment ago, if you get Miko Hartman back, you know, that stretches the field. That that's mm-hmm. a different ball game for them. I don't think unless he accidentally does something to reverse. The progress he's made on that ankle, there's no way he's not playing in that game Sunday. Oh, no no question. Yeah. No question about it. Yeah. So, uh, and if you didn't hear, we mentioned it a little bit earlier, uh, Avante Maddox practicing again for the Eagles. Now, th- yeah. he was limited yesterday, and basically Nick Sirianni said, look, he uh, so far so good. You know, yeah. we're going to put him out there yeah. today, yeah. see how he responds, and, you know, anything's possible, which means I think there's, you know, there's life here for him to play in this game on Sunday. It's possible. When you get to the stage, it's all hands on deck. Yep. But as I said, I said days ago, and I'll say it again. I think even without Avante, this Eagles defense has enough talent around it to to do the job successfully against the 49ers. If you play him, obviously he's he's deemed good enough to go. But if he re-injures that toe again, you may not have him for the Super Bowl against the likes of Joe Burrow and those weapons are or or um or, or um Patrick Mahomes and those weapons. Yeah, I'd much rather have Avante Maddox for a Super Bowl game more so than this game. But yeah, you know we know how it is. Player says it's good to go. Team wants to put him out there. We need you. You got to go. Well, right, possibly, and and you know it is very tempting. I'm sure, 
you know, for those guys to, to throw them out there, especially yeah. considering what you have to be, you know, what you're going to be dealing with yep. from a tight yep. end perspective Absolutely. and Debo and the pullback and all that. So uh, I definitely think that is a possibility, you know, we'll see, but that anything it's anyway, it's positive. And like you mentioned earlier, they're about as healthy as any team could possibly be They're no still standing as you know, at the final four, you know, no question, you know, yeah. it, to be in that kind of position, to be down one of your starters and yet not worry about trying to fill that gap. You know, that, again, it goes back to Howie Roseman, who, who just uh, received the accolades of executive of the year, rightfully so, for the roster that he's assembled. Yeah. Let, let's pick back up on that because he gets the end of the, the executive of the year. Um, you know, you look at it and it was A.J. Brown trade, C.J. Gardner-Johnson trade, signing of Bradbury, signing of Kaiser White, um, signing of Hassan Reddick. You know, it, it, that's a it, just in and of itself, just those names, not to mention in season Sue and, and, and Linval Joseph, mm-hmm. man, other than Robert Quinn, this is as good a run as you can have as a GM in terms of just like hits and lack of, lack of misses here. Dude, everything came up seven 11 for Howie Roseman on, on these, on rolling to the dice this season. You know, most teams are making abundance of moves like this. You're looking for a few starters, but you're looking for a supporting cast also. He's brought in everybody. Everybody's brought in. It's considered a starter. I'm not talking about draft picks. Even the first round pick could be a starter if mm-hmm. you know if it wasn't so much depth here. But he brought in starters and, and it gelled right away. You know, and yeah. you look at the record they've compiled. You look at the stats they put up on both sides of the football. There's no question. Howie Roseman. You know, he's he's been up and down with the fan base and the media for years. There's nothing you can say wrong or bad about a Howie Roseman and what he did in 2022 to put this team where it is right now on the brink of going to another Super Bowl. Yeah, now it's it's uh it's pretty amazing this run and you, you to do it. And we forget about Robert Quinn. I know. Yeah, and, and yeah. but it, here's the thing: to do it really without other. Well, I I would say that you know, actually he doesn't count for this because he's an undrafted rookie. To do it without any drafted rookies really giving you any kind of contribution. Exactly. exactly. Think about that. How would you? How would speaking of that? How would you sum up Jordan Davis's year? Would you call it disappointing? Yes, I would too. I would too. But that, not disappointing to the point where I think, "Oh my God, this guy's a bust." No, no, no. no. Disappointing in that I thought I would get more, but thankfully you didn't have to get. You didn't have to ask a lot of them, but I better see some growth next year. In a big way. I thought he was in a perfect position where he was drafted. He would come in here behind veteran Pro Bowl players, wouldn't have to have the onus on him to produce immediately. He could learn from two very solid players in the game, all the little nuances, the ins and outs of what to do, what to look for, how to win battles in the trenches. You know, and we saw before he got injured the first time, we saw his percentage of snaps start to creep up. And then after that, they're starting to go down, you know, mm-hmm. and you wonder why, you know, it, it can't, it can't be because of his lack of production because we really haven't seen him much on the field when well, he's been injured twice this year. Mm-hmm. There had, I thought there still would be a role for him to spell other guys. Now Milton Williams is getting in there more so than him. Yeah. You yeah. know, and so I, you know, I wonder what the, the coaching staff, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Gannon in particular is thinking about him in terms of did he level off? Yeah. Did he point. not get where we want to be? Is it a weight factor? Yeah. We don't know. Yep. 
Yep, as a conditioning, know. that's yeah, for sure. And, and he had a couple setbacks, like you said, you know, yeah, the, the, yeah. the high ankle, and then the he got some friendly fire and got a concussion. Yeah. yeah. So there were there were things that happened, you know, throughout the year. That's for sure. Um, all right, I, I I had to hit you with this. I don't oh. know if you saw this video. There's a DoorDash guy who literally walked onto the floor in a game last night between Loyola, Chicago, and Duquesne. Okay. Somehow this dude. Now, the theory from a lot of people is this was a TikTok prank. But here's what I'm wondering. If I'm if I'm either one of those coaches, any of those players, you know, the 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 school, the administration, how does this dude get onto the floor here? The danger that's involved. Now, it was just a knucklehead kid and it wasn't a big deal and they escorted him out of there and all that. How did this happen? How do you get into the place? How do you get all the way down to the floor? And how does he get on the floor without anybody stopping him? Wait, wait. So wait a minute. Uh, let me let me let me let me get up to speed here. Did he walk out on the court? He was on the floor during the game. Yes. Oh, I thought when we talked about this on a pre-show, uh, pre-show I thought he was down the sideline delivering food no. to somebody. No, no, no. He walked onto the floor with it with a hole in the bag. Oh, excuse me. Uh, yes, yes. Oh, yep. oh man. Um, have they identified? Was it a student? Could it have been a student? All, the theory right now is it was some kind of TikTok stunt, you know, to get this good to, to have him go viral, which worked, by the way. Yeah, he did first go viral. Of, first, first of all, um, I'm, if I'm the school, I need to I need to talk to my security department, and we may have to add additional personnel, and or someone might be going bye bye too for that. Yeah, happening. somebody might be going bye bye to let that happen, and especially if I find out that the guy that walked out on the court knows somebody who's a part of the security detail, which you could very well could way. be. That's a good you know point. Yep, he could yep. have just looked the other way as part of the the, the TikTok prank. Yep. If that's the case, you got to be looking for work, my man. Yep. You can't have that. What if what if you had run into a player, or a player not seeing him had run over him, tripped him, fractured yep. an ankle, leg, fibula, anything? You know. Yep. Yeah. Um, God forbid. Worse. We've seen some crazy stuff this day and age. You know what I mean? I mean, think about what we saw. I believe it was at a Lakers game. Some fan wanted to run out on the court, and a security yep. guard, a, a, a woman, heads up, tackled him right there before they got on the floor. Yeah, I forgot what this woman was protesting, but yeah, I remember. I know what you're talking exactly. about. Um, yep. Yeah, you get you you have to increase your security like today, not next week, not think about it over the weekend. You need you need to enhance your security department now because you're right. What if it had been something more serious? What if the guy walked out and wanted to take a swing at a player? Mm-hmm. He was frustrated, something like that. Yeah, terrible. Could have been real detrimental. Black eye to your university. Yeah, yeah, you can't mess with that stuff these days. Um, Kyle Shanahan. This came down about four minutes ago. McCaffrey with the calf, Elijah Mitchell with the groin, won't practice again today, Derek. Thursday, okay. And Debo with the ankle and o- Omenahue, who has an oblique and has other stuff off the field. They'll both be limited, but they will practice. So no McCaffrey, no Mitchell. Debo and Omenahue will both practice, limited. They don't need to practice. They know what they're doing. Yeah. They don't need to practice. If there's any way, shape, or form that you don't feel 100%, all right, just just get a little workout in. Whatever your injury is, let's try to work that thing out. Get you the, the deep tissue uh, massages, the heating heat treatments, whatever the case may be. They don't need to be out there running around. Um, save it for the game. We we know what you what you bring to the table. That's more important. We need all just like the Eagles. We need all hands on deck to try to beat this Philadelphia Eagles team. We don't need you tweaking anything in practice. We see that all the time. Somebody goes out, tweaks something in practice. Mm-hmm. We don't want to see that, man. We'll save it. We'll get you on the plane, get you to Philly, and let's go from there. Let's roll from there. 
All right, I'm with you. Um, I, I think we all would like to have this problem, Derek. Uh, Brian Kelly, who's the now the head coach of LSU, went there last year. Yeah, received a 10 year, uh, 100 million dollar contract, which is nice if he can get it right. Uh, as if that wasn't enough, they overpaid him by a million dollars this year through a clerical error. <laughs> they sent him a payment of a million dollars. He has an LLC and he has another, I don't know, direct deposit or whatever. But they ended up paying him an extra million that they just did an audit and figured out. Nobody even I, I don't know if Kelly knew it. I'm sure he probably did, but just kept his mouth shut. But the university didn't even realize it until they did an audit. Uh, I guess it was last week or whatever. How about that, huh? It, it's it's nice on the surface, but now that, that it's been revealed, will he have to give the million back? Will he the is repaying it, just to okay. be clear. He's repaying, he is repaying. it. Okay. Give him a million less next year. I know. I've got to look. I've got to look at my my accounting firm and ask, <laughs> "How did you make a boneheaded mistake like this? How's that yeah. possible?" This is another situation where somebody like somebody might be unemployed soon, Derek. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Yeah. 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 Unbelievable, man. Uh, all right, let's hit some birthdays here. We'll hit some birthdays and then we'll 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 swing back. Birthdays. To the uh, Paul Newman, Paul Newman, uh, the great movie star was born on this day in 1925, uh, was Paul Newman. What, what a body of work, wow. man. I don't, I don't even know where to start with that guy's career, but, and, and, and a great philanthropist, you know, the, the, uh, the Paul Newman salad dressing and all that, he's given a, a, a lot of, oh, money. Yeah. you know, all, all of that has gone back to helping people. So, uh, give him a lot of props, Paul Newman. Um, can't find my Wayne list, Gretzky. Man. Keep talking. All right. Yeah. All right. The great no, one, Wayne Gretzky. List. Yeah. That's all right. Uh, Wayne Gretzky is 62 years old today. The great one, the all time greatest who ever pick up a stick, uh, is, celebrates his birthday. Eddie Van Halen would have, uh, would have turned 68 today. He was born on this day in, mm. uh, in 1955. So, uh, yeah, sadly, we lost Eddie of, uh, of cancer. Uh, was it last year? I think it was. Uh, yep. we lost Eddie. Vince Carter, 46, the, the human highlight film there. Vince Sanity, 46 years old, played until into his 40s, I believe. Yes, he uh, did. Yes, Vince. he did. Played a long time. Uh, the, the great general, uh, of the United States, uh, Douglas MacArthur was born on this day in 1880. Uh, he's man, him, him and his yeah. father, the only two, uh, uh, what was the medal? The the uh, honor. I forget what the what the medal is. The what winners of the uh, of the medal. Um, David Strathan, who's who's a great actor, not Jason Statham. David Strathan is seventy four yeah. years old. He's been in a lot of different things. Scott Glenn, who's a really good actor, who's been in a lot of different things, uh, is eighty four today. Uh, one of my all time favorites, Bob Uecker. Bob Uecker. Derek, he's still Bob calling Uecker. Brewers games. He still does home Brewers games. Oh no. You know he He's played 89. less than 300. Oh no, he 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 played less than 300 games in the majors. His career average was 200. Insane. And what, what he's turned that he into? Was. Dude, he was great. Back in his day, when I was in Milwaukee covering uh, Milwaukee sports, he was doing commercials. He was huge. He just blew up. Yeah. And then, of course, he was in major leagues. You know, did a couple movie roles. But think, think about the dude, 89 years old, because it's not work to him. Yeah, calling baseball is not work. Yep. And making yep. six figures at 89 years of age, man. He's been the Brewers broadcaster since 71. So he's been doing yep. it for a long time. Uh, Anita Baker, 
uh, one of the goats, uh, is 65 years old today, is Anita. Uh, the Road Warrior, for our wrestling fans, is 66 today. Um, Gene Siskel was born on this day, of Siskel and Ebert yep. fame, in 1946. Yep. Uh, Travis Etienne turns 24 years old today. Montrez Harrell, mm. Sixers backup center, 29 today. Torrey Smith, part of the 2017 Eagles Super Bowl team, He's only 34, man. He retired same. young. Yeah, Jeez. he did. Uh, that's all I have birthdays. You got anything else? Oh, my goodness. Uh, you got Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, 65 Six, today. Yeah. 65 today. Uh, Sasha Banks, uh, who was a wrestler. She's the first cousin of Snoop Dogg. She's 30. Is she really? Uh, Kirk Franklin. Yeah, Kirk Franklin, a gospel singer, rapper. He's 53 today. Okay. Louis Zamp- Zamperini, uh, you know his story. Uh, the World War II vet floated uh, out in the middle of the ocean for 47 days and was tortured and beat once he was captured by the Japanese during World War II. He became this great diff- distant runner. And, of course, the, the movie uh, Unbroken turned out to be a great movie based on Incredible his life. Incredible life story. Yep. Absolutely. Um, Gerald Green, 18th overall pick for the uh, Boston Celtics, played 13 seasons in the NBA. He's 37 today. Mm-hmm. Maria Von Trapp, who was the stepmom of the, the, the Von Trapp family, she's okay. the one that wrote the story about them and all the trials and tribulations they went through. It became a Broadway, uh, became a Broadway musical in 1959. Of course, a movie that's still a fan favorite today. In 19, mm-hmm. uh, came, that came out in 65, The Swiss Family Robinson. The Swiss Family Robinson, the Von Trapp family. Yeah, what I am I thinking about yeah. here? Yeah. Uh, Scott, Scott Glenn. 84 years old, playing movies like Urban Cowboy, The Hunt for Red October, Silence of the Lamb, 84 years of age. Uh, and going on up, Jack Youngblood, the former Ram, oh, who's in the Hall of Fame. Live with a broken life. 70, yeah, 73 years old today. Uh, Kenyon Drake, Ravens running back, 28 years old. Uh-huh. Joshua Dobbs, Titans quarterback, who kind of fell back to grace yeah. in the playoffs. He did the best he could. Uh, he did the best he could. Did the best he could, 27. And uh, my favorite, Zara Cully. Does that name ring a bell? No. Zara Cully played Mama Jefferson on the Jeffersons. Oh, God. Yeah, she, she looked just like George. Yes, she she did, did look just like George. She looked like his mother. Do you know she was born in 1892 oh and God. died in 1978? She's, she died when this, the series was they were still, still going on it. TV. Yeah, still recording it. Oh, geez. Yes. That's yeah, good. That's good yeah. yeah, I yeah. like it. So that's it. Uh, all right, let's bag the movies because we're out of time. That's going to do it. For no, us. We'll be back tomorrow. What? Matt Mayako is going to join us uh, from ESPN. Dude. He covers the 49ers. On, yeah, we got to run. We got to run. Uh, Barry's back tomorrow. Want to thank? Uh, that's funny. Want to thank Xander Krause producing it. All of you in the chat section. All of you streaming. All of you listening. Don't go anywhere. National Football Show with Dan Cilio is coming your way. Gunner, see you tomorrow, my man. Likewise, brother. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean.
Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event. Weather forecasting is a team game. We rely on each other every day, updating the models and passing along new critical information. We have a team of five experienced meteorologists and a specialized weather producer, Paul. Say hi, Paul. Sometimes what I see in the model, Cecily could see something different. That's when we come together as a team to make our most accurate prediction. And all of this backed by more than 100 AccuWeather scientists. It's a team game. And we have the best team in town. Eagles fans, Tom Giordano from Pondley Hockey Giordano. Who's ready to get another one of these? But first, we got to take care of business and beat the 49ers this Sunday. Look, we know ticket prices are super expensive and really hard to get, so we're giving you an opportunity to win two free tickets to the NFC Championship game. So go to our Instagram right now for your chance to win two free tickets to the NFC Championship game this Sunday. And as always, thanks for watching the Pondley Hockey Post Game Show. Go Birds! Post Game Show with